You are listening to The New Prisoners. A copy of each week's monologue and source list are available on our Minds page and Substack. Check out our video content on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brighteon. For audio versions, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many others. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you find us, and join the conversation by leaving your comments wherever you can. You can follow The New Prisoners and The New Prisoner Number 6 on Instagram and The New Prisoner Number 6 on Gab or at New Prisoner 6 on Twitter. If you would like to be a guest, please email the new prisoner number 6 at protonmail.com and provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. You can now donate to The New Prisoners through anchor.fm slash the new prisoner number six slash support with a monthly donation of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99. We also have a subscribe store where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the hyphen new hyphen prisoners. You can also donate both US dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated. Now let's get on with the show. Not all interactions that I've had with people that disagree with me have been great conversations, but I still try to manage to take something away from it. Sometimes these conversations can lead to the same kind of really deep introspection, or even more so than the agreeable ones. But the one that I'm about to tell you all about now is about one of these experiences with someone defending child grooming. Now, I want to say that I'm in no way encouraging any contact with the individual I am about to speak of, and please, no threats of violence. This is not a threat of violence against anyone. This is merely an exploration of a topic. This topic gets people fired up, and it damn well should. But we are defenders, not aggressors. This if anything, is a warning. And we have the right to defend ourselves and especially our children. And that I will argue to the death. So here it goes. The other night, I'm scrolling through one of our video platforms and I come upon a video from a channel that I've followed for years. I've used their work for researching topics for the show because the takes are usually spot on and they always provide sources. This video was a miss for me, but where things went a little sideways was when I left a comment. The comment I made had to do with the government's failures in protecting children. And I simply stated what I felt most of you listening would probably consider to be a reasonable solution to the problem. Hang the fucking pedophiles. 
The response I got from this individual was perplexing at first. He called me an immoral person. Now, I am well aware of the scourge of moral relativism and its effects on our culture, but I incorrectly assumed that he was making an anti-death penalty argument, which, if you gravitate around libertarian circles, is a familiar argument, and I'm willing to have that argument. He even posted on a comment above that taxation was theft, so another context clue that he was another liberty-minded individual. Nope. Before I could respond, another person chimed in and called this person a groomer. Now, after seeing that, I looked for other comments he had made on the video, and he was not just defending the act of grooming, but claiming that he shared those same desires for grooming kids. That's when I had to reassess my approach. After the groomer comment from another poster, the person defending pedophilia asked that if there were a neighboring country that harbored pedophiles, would we go to war with it? This gave me pause. When someone brings up war, it's a natural conclusion to think of violence and aggression towards others. This I am opposed to. But after much of that deep introspection I mentioned before, I arrived at a conclusion. Yes. Because there are many ways to win a war. I don't have to shed blood to win the spiritual and intellectual debate on this one. I want to shut that pedo shit down, and so do almost all of you listening, I hope. And because of that, we can all be the influence on the culture around us that never allows it. One of those means is to clearly signal to anyone that attempts that shit with our children that it has no fucking quarter here. We hang those that victimize our young, our innocent, because that shows the others what awaits them if they act upon those evil desires. We can't control minds, behaviors, and desires. Our ideological opponents want nothing but that control. But a pedo at the end of a rope is the ultimate no fucking trespassing sign. You can come at me with all sorts of ideas about shit I disagree with, but with kids being harmed and you acknowledging that you would engage in such activities is when I have to call it a night. I'll give you all my final response to this guy in a minute. But to clarify, I'm not saying to do it all mob justice style like the left encourages these days. We at the New Prisoners believe in the right to due process. In the event of overwhelming evidence in a fair trial, it is our position that consequences be rendered that fit the crimes committed. That position and the consideration of the harm done by the crime should result in the proper punishment as decided by the law. And we, the people, are the law. No matter what state, no matter how red or blue, 
Every child deserves the right of our protection as a society and in every culture from sexual grooming and molestation. I get that some of you will automatically disagree based on being against the death penalty. I know many of you will disagree with allowing the government the right to kill you. Hell, I'm mostly with you on that. But at some point, it boils down to a mob or some sort of collective uh, issuing justice or none at all. And I'm taking the one that respects the laws of liberty that we institute within our own communities. We all can't be little Elons and Bezoses flying around our own little universes all the time. I don't want to live in a hive mind either, but I'll take a few standard rules when living around others. And one of those rules, etched in fucking titanium, should be that if you are caught molesting or grooming kids, that there's going to be some kind of punishment for that. If you've been around this subject, you are also aware of the rate of recidivism among child rapists. The moral and logical argument is about how you stop them from harming anyone ever again. I would argue that you do it justly and you do it humanely, but you definitely don't allow them to do it again. Because if you allow that, then you share in that guilt. If you enable that type of disgusting, vile, fucking harm to come to a child because you can't come up with a solution to protect them, then the harm caused was allowed to happen because you allowed it. Just as if you left them alone in the wilderness to be eaten by predators of a different species. I feel guilt all the time for not doing more to protect the children trafficked around the world by sick fucks like Joe Biden. That's why we do this show. Not to convince you to see things our way, but to think about these things. Because we have faith that if you do, you will arrive at the same conclusions we did. It's logic. It's how you build things. It's how you fix problems. It's not about relying on an invisible hand or the state. It's relying on you and the wisdom and conclusions that you all have arrived at. And we hope to be there with you on that journey and arriving at those destinations determined by logic, but guided by our faith in liberty and in each other. So to put it clearly, there's a reason why there's a coiled up snake on one of the flags of my country. Because when you cross a certain boundary, you can't say you weren't warned. If you think my people were dangerous because we wouldn't allow creeps to put masks on our kids' faces for no damn reason, you got a real problem with risk assessment if you think you can sexually groom them. My final response before I disengaged from this person was, morals are subjective. Rope isn't. Okay, I'm number six, and this is The New Prisoners, and I'm here with John Henry. And these are the other stories as told by the news of the week. And um, John Henry, we, we, we were missing you last week. So I uh, kind of went out there and did an impromptu solo show and I uh, got through it. It was a little weird at, at times, you know, having a conversation with myself for damn near three hours there. <laughs> but uh, we had a lot of stuff to talk about and um, I have gotten a lot of good feedback about the, the show and everything and uh, especially the Hunter Biden laptop story and all the ties to uh, George Soros there and a bunch of other shit that we talked about uh, during that one segment. So 
But uh, John Henry, I just wanted to turn it over to you because um, coming off, I don't know if you got a chance to uh, listen to that monologue uh, for this week's show, but just so, why don't you kind of introduce this week's topics and then uh, let's, let's tear right into it. Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. Joe Biden is the greatest president that has ever served us. I was held captive by the thought police last week. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Sorry, uh, work got a little bit crazy last week. Had to do some traveling last minute. Um, these motherfuckers. These motherfuckers. Let's talk about the kids. This is all about the kids this week, guys. We have a lot of other topics to talk about, but we've been saying it over and over and over and over. It was interesting. I was uh, listening to Tim Pool the other day, and one of the gentlemen on the show goes, Hey, Tim. Do you think that they're pushing this agenda so that they can turn pedophilia into a sexual orientation? First thing I do is send it over to number six and go, I've been fucking saying this. Yes. Man. We have been saying this for months now, months. And, and everybody now is just now starting to catch on. I mean, you look at between Disney and pushing for grooming and the fight against don't say gay bill. That's really not a bill about saying the word gay um, it, it, all the way to Katanji Brown Jackson, right? Being sworn in on the Supreme court. I mean, it is absolute fucking chaos. I mean, this woman is a, a you know, stands behind pedophilia uh, all the way down to brutal, you know, infant rape and torture. I mean, guys, this has got to be a damn wake up call for you. You know, as we tell you a million times, there are no coincidences. And when you look, it is fucking everywhere. It's unbelievable to see major chain storms, stores with, uh, you know, Lush, the soap store, right? I saw today a posting, their giant sign that says trans kids belong here, right? This is the battle for your children. This is more importantly, a battle for your children's innocence to be maintained, when you look at it, the amount of posts that are out there with women saying, you know, to my mom and dad, thank you so much for not putting me on hormone therapy treatments when I was five because I was a tomboy and liked to ride bicycles. I mean, guys, the, the world is, is, is absolutely crumbling around us when it comes to the, the sanctity of a, a family unit, right? To kids' innocence. And I've said this before, you know, when I was six years old, I was hoping there was still a chance that I'd sprout wings and be able to fucking fly. Well, that doesn't mean that I should have had them surgically attached to my body. And there's no difference between what's happening now. I mean, it is a criminal act of what's going on. You have teachers saying, uh, uh, I am so uncomfortable that I cannot share with, with my five-year-old students about my relationship with my, my, my partner of the same sex. I got news for you guys. Um, when I was five, six, seven, eight, Damn near all the way until I was probably a senior in high school, I didn't know a fucking thing about my teacher's personal life, whether or not they were straight, whether or not they were gay, whether or not they were married or single, because that's not the place to share that type of information. So, you know, this is basically the war on kids part two, because it, it, it is growing exponentially every single day. And I hope that y'all see these, these warning signs, right? So the first article we're going to start off with is grooming. Know the, the warning signs. Folks. It's time to fight, man. We have to push our way to the front lines right now to fight for our children because these sons of bitches are coming after them and they're coming hard and they're coming fast. And as they've jammed all the LGBTQ and you're a homophobe if you're not fully supportive of trans rights and men competing in women's sports but calling themselves by a female name, right? And they've guilted you into going, well, I can't say anything against this. 
that's only the beginning. They weren't really pushing that narrative. It's the setup to the setup. We talk about that all the time. And now we see what the true direction is going. I mean, Disney, ugh, it literally makes me sick to my fucking stomach seeing the agenda that they're pushing there. And I am very grateful to see, one, the parents outside, and I know we're going to get into this stuff, but I'm fired up about it, right? Seeing the parents, you know, uh, protesting outside the park and also seeing their stock crashing these last couple days. You fuckers. How dare you? Disney is part of every child's life. Every child globally, damn near every child globally, they know who Mickey Mouse is. So to use that, that as the tool to attack the kids, what that means is that there's no low that they won't stoop to, folks. Shame on them. So let's get into it. Today we're fighting. We're fucking scrapping. I mean, we are toe-to-toe, and we are ready to go to fucking war. I like that attitude. Right back at you, sir. I'm happy to be back. Let's go, baby. That, that's the kind of motherfuckers. Yes, that, that's the kind of energy we're bringing on this episode, folks, so gear up. Um, we're starting off this one with uh, from Rain. That's uh, R-A-I-N-N, and they are the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, I believe. So uh, this one is Grooming, Know the Warning Signs. One tool common to those who sexually abuse kids is grooming, manipulative behaviors, that the abuser uses to gain access to a potential victim, coerce them to agree to the abuse and reduce the risk of being caught. While these tactics are used most often against younger kids, teens and vulnerable adults are also at risk. Grooming can take place online or in person. It's usually employed by a family member or someone else in the victim's circle of trust, such as a coach teacher, youth group leader, or others who naturally have some interaction with the victim. And though grooming can take many different forms, it often follows a similar pattern. Hey, don't, don't forget about priestrain.com. Yep, absolutely. And, and, and this is, well, they, they mentioned youth group leaders and things like that, but you know, the, the, it just details here how it outlines through uh, how the victims are selected, how uh, people gain access by isolating them how they gain their trust and have them keep this as a secret, how the abusers attempt to gain trust of a potential victim through gifts. So that's a huge one, right? Like you you think about all all those people you just Mm -hmm. talked about, right? These are all people that one, the parents entrust them with their children. And two, they are leaders, teachers, coaches, right? When these kids think about my hope and dream is to be the best female swimmer. I want to be the best ice skater, or we can certainly talk about gymnasts when we see that fucking monster that molested hundreds of women on the United States, you know, Olympic gymnast team. Oh yeah, FBI did a great fucking job with that one, didn't they? Yeah, catching yeah, up on strong that. Strong effort there, people. Strong effort. You know, and, and, and at, because of their children, right, it's easy that they're intimidated into not saying anything. So, you know, here, here's my call to, to action for all of you parents. If your kids are in organized sports, right, that we see what the teachers are doing. The teachers aren't even hiding what they're pushing and the grooming that they're they're executing with our children, right? But you better start vetting these motherfuckers. If your kids have time alone with an adult and that adult is not you or entrusted friends or family, you guys better start doing some fucking research because I'm going to tell you right now, it is fucking dangerous outside of your circle of trust. There is a pack of motherfucking hyenas getting ready to eat your babies. So what are you going to do about that? What the fuck are you going to do about that? I've had enough of people saying, this is disgusting. Yeah, they're not fucking paying attention. To who? Who's the, the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts fucking leader? 
You know, it's unbelievable. Went to high school with the fucking kid, right? His dad was way up there in the Boy Scouts, way up there in the Boy Scouts. You know, turns out as we all become adults, they find out that this motherfucker is a child molester. Boy Scout leader. So if your kids are in organized activities, and again, if that is not an trusted friend or family member, you better do some fucking research. And if you don't know that person or aren't comfortable with that person, pull your kids out of that shit. Yeah. And, and just to go on with, uh, brilliant, man, uh, just how the, how the article lays this out for us too, just to educate us though, is that they also use a desensitization uh, to touch and discussion of sexual topics. So they often try to desensitize our children to this. And I would also argue too, to normalize that type of behavior. Like, oh, this is a perfectly normal and average thing. And it's just, you know, between us though, you know, just how, how they're just getting, like it says here, abusers will often start to touch a victim in ways that appear harmless, such as hugging, wrestling, and tickling, and later escalate to increasingly more sexual con- contact. Isn't this how we've seen Joe Biden do? Like on stage in front of cameras? <laughs> Putting his hands on kids around their waist, sniffing them, touching them, right? Uh, of course they are. It starts with a hand on the shoulder, right? Put, holding somebody's arm, you know, knees touching. Not, that, that shit's not innocent anymore. And you know what's funny what this makes me think of, which is super fucking ironic, because folks, y'all know that we are really, really big fans of Russell Brand and what he does. But it makes me go back to the movie that, um, what movie was it where Russell Brand was the, the yoga teacher? Was oh, that Get Him to the Greek? Or no? Uh, maybe, right? Uh, so, I mean, y'all know what uh, I'm no, talking that, about. That was where, uh, Saving, uh, I don't know, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, maybe? Uh, I Hawaii? can't remember. Yeah, yeah, where they're like honeymooning yeah, or yeah. whatever, right? And he's like fucking like putting these women's legs over their head and humping them and yeah. shit. Like, that's really what it is, yeah. right? Like, oh, okay, it's, he's a yoga teacher, so it's innocent enough if he's trying to help them have good form or hold a position. But that's really what this is. That's what they're doing to your kids, right? Because in the movie, it's innocent enough to go, oh, there's a yoga teacher. Oh, he's helping her hold her form. And next thing, he's grinding his dick on her crotch. And they have to do that, too. It's fucked up. They have to look back and like smile at the camera like Michael Jackson at the end of the fucking Thriller video. Of course they, they need do. that. They have to throw it in yes, your face. Yes, absolutely. So the irony is we love Russell Brand, but I feel like that's a really good example of, of how fast that type of thing can progress. And especially kids in athletics. I mean, taking a role like that especially in probably athletics. contributed to red pilling him a bit. You know, just seeing how Hollywood yeah, treated that so. and treated a role like that too, especially going through everything he's gone through mentally. But I like this one. Well, speaking of that, I mean, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I like this sentence. Abusers may also show the victim pornography or discuss sexual topics with them to introduce the idea of sexual contact, because we're going to be talking a lot 100%. about that in all the upcoming articles oh, here. Yeah. So, and then lastly, just wanted to mention attempt by abusers to make their behavior seem natural. So as I brought up before, to avoid raising suspicions, and especially for teens who may be closer in age to the abuser, it can be particularly hard to recognize tactics used in grooming. Be alert for signs that your teen has a relationship with an adult, just like you mentioned there, John Henry, too. Uh, That includes secrecy, undue influence or control, or pushes personal boundaries. Okay. And there's different sections here. This is a great article. So step number one, like I just said, you vet any adult that's in your child's life that you don't completely yes. trust or know on an intimate basis, right? Step number two, moms, dads, aunts, uncles, it is time to fucking break up with Hollywood and pop culture because you want to talk about grooming of the children. 
that is the most prolific area, right? That that is accomplished. They sexualize fucking everything. We talked about cuties. Why I canceled my Netflix account, but everything is incredibly hypersexualized. That's poison to your children's brain. That makes them think that it's 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 okay to to shake your ass as a fucking six, seven, eight year old, ten year old kid. It's not okay. So you want to talk about grooming on a mass scale outside of in person, guys? This is what it is. It's fucking Hollywood. It is a television. It's it's all of that. They are sexualizing kids to make this common so the kids are comfortable. So if they see something on movie or something on TV and then an adult does that same thing, they're okay with that because they th- that's become normalized. So you got to break up with fucking TV. You have to break up with Hollywood. You have to break up with that shit because you want to talk about grooming. So let's go back to Epstein, right? <laughs> so people like Naomi Campbell, right? Because they were grooming underage women. Ghislaine Maxwell, same thing. They were grooming them. Fuck, everybody, here's what blows my mind. What was one of the hottest topics over this last week? The hottest topics globally. What did everybody fucking talk about? It wasn't the Ukraine war, right? But there was something that came out of every single fucking person's mouth. What did they talk about? Do you know what it is? I would say Will Smith. <laughs> it's Will fucking Smith. Oh my goodness, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock and then screamed fuck. Everybody cared about that. Everybody cared about that. I wish, I fucking wish that 50% of that fucking energy and attention went to the fact that Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith were on Epstein's fucking flight logs. But that wasn't shocking. That wasn't something that we went, oh my goodness, maybe he's not the guy we think he is. That w- We didn't have a, a moment of fucking clarity in that to say, this is a bad fucking guy. And it wasn't until he outright on live television assaulted another person. Are you fucking kidding me right now? You are broken, man. If that wasn't more concerning for you than him slapping somebody, you are fucking broken. Your thinking is broken. How you rationalize things is broken. Nobody cared. How come that getting brought up? Everybody talked about it. Every news channel, every fucking social media person. Why didn't anybody go, by the way, it seems like he's on a pretty slippery slope after, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs were released and him and his wife were both on the motherfuckers. Bunch of sick fucks. For the same reason that they pulled that ABC news story, <laughs> because it, it would upset the, the royalty, uh, rather the British royalty or any other form of the royalty that's out there that isn't supposed to be talked about in that way. Um, and, and you brought up another uh, brilliant point about energy there, John Henry, and something that um, a lot of us that have ever trained in grappling would have learned is that you can utilize someone's aggression towards you and channel that energy and turn it into a force greater than you attacking them. By them attacking you and moving forward at you, you can, pu- you can pull somebody and flip them and create a much greater force and impact on that person. And I think that our, our defensive posture as, as, as a culture right now needs to utilize that sort of tactic. Take their aggression at us and use it against them. So as, you know, not to bring up uh, another sort of topic here with it, but as Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, if I were Chris Rock, I'd be suing the shit out of Will Smith. Make something out of it. Make, a, no, make damage no, happen. what he did... <laughs> was he posted that lame-ass, sissy-bitch-nonsense apology. Mm. 
Chris Rock apologized. A fucking comedian, a satirist. Mm-hmm. He apologized for a joke that really wasn't even very good. Yeah. Wasn't even that good. Yeah. I wasn't impressed. I thought Chris Rock is a much better fucking comedian than that half-assed G.I.J. joke. It reminded me a lot of like the, the thing that Roseanne Barr got canceled for, where it's just like you could make that comparison between the two and have it not be that thing. You know, have it not be malicious, but let's move on. I mean, his job, his job is to make jokes. Yes, yes, of course. You know what I mean? And I love what Ricky Gervais said. He said, I wouldn't have made fun of her bald head. I would have made fun of the dicks in her mouth from all the other guys that she was splowing. Because we all know Will Smith is a cock. Yeah, Let's talk about (laughs) where she may have learned those skills. Uh, Weirdos. Let's go. Who who want to sexualize your children. And this is from the Federalist. This is great. I love this title. Weirdos who want to sexualize your children should absolutely be stigmatized as groomers. This person, uh, Kylie Zempel, does an amazing job with this fucking article. I disagree with that title. Oh. We should replace stigmatized with fucking prosecuted. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That's what that yes. should say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it says, are, are we really quibbling over whether uh, groomers is an okay word to refer to people who delight in sexualizing kids and hiding it from parents? Just as we brought up there with the definition of grooming. I'll go with pedophiles. Yes. But I love how they soften it. Oh yeah, no softening with with calling them groomers. Yeah, we're 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 not uh, we're not blocking the chair shots here. We're going straight for the dome. Uh, what does it say about the pathetic state of the political right that instead of spending our energy, this is something you were just talking about, John Henry, uh, spending our energy advancing the ideas and institutions that promote human flourishing, we're quibbling over whether groomers is the right word to refer to people who delight in sexualizing other people's kids and hiding it from their parents. So this one goes on to say, the ranks of progressives and unmistakably pro-LGBT media who spend their days throwing around insulting hyperbole like Nazi and fascist and silence is violence are being joined by so-called conservatives. Yes, like people like Mitt Romney. There's a reason why I call him Mitt, because it looks like he has a catcher's mitt in between his legs because he has no fucking sack. And we're going to talk about Fuck that. Him yes. Fuck oh, him too. Fuck him too. Spoke out his. against Katanji. I just, oh, blah, yeah. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself here. <laughs> oh, folks, he's getting his this episode for fire. sure too. I'm on fucking fire. Yeah. Good. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait so we can fucking smash him into the dirt. I want to bring it up now just to light the fuse now to get ready for it. It's later. already lit. And then, but I love it. It says it being joined by so-called conservatives who take it upon themselves to lecture those to the right of them that, ah, oh, shuckly, it's not appropriate to call the kids entertainment uh, creators and sanctioned educators who insist on sexually indoctrinating five-year-olds groomers. It's absolutely absurd, and conservatives aren't abandoning their principles by abandoning needless throat-clearing about teachers' alleged good faith and the left's intentions. Hey, um, can I shit on Ron DeSantis for a second? Would you mind? You can do it. You can do it here. No, folks, you know that we're big Ron DeSantis fans. We we feel that he genuinely fights for the people of Florida and frankly for the people of America. But I got to tell you, Ron, you really fucking pissed me off on this one, right? You really pissed me off on this one. And I think the, the best thing that summed it up for me was an infographic that I did share with number six. And it showed, um, you know, states that you can groom children at any age, right? And it had every state in the country was in red. 
And then in the blue section, it said states that you can only groom children between grades three and five. Or or was it um, preschool and third grade? And it had Florida. So here's my fucking gripe right now with Ron DeSantis. And you know that I always have your back, Big Ron. But I got to tell you, for there to be a designation of certain ages that you can't talk about that shit, I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about that. I feel like you just you, it was just a tip, bro. So get your shit together. I, I, I am in the opinion that there is, there you go. Thank yeah. you. Right? There is nothing that says that there should be any age of school age children that that should ever be allowed. So why did we designate an age? Why is there a limit there? There should not fucking be one. So Ron, you're pissing me off and you better get back to the fucking drawing board before we cancel your ass too. That's all. Please. Yes. There are no sacred cows, especially when it comes to this topic. And this is just our first topic today, folks. So this is going to be a fun one. But um, let's move on with the next article, because I wanted to point this out, too. Um, This is from WND. Biden's HHS chief wants taxpayer-funded child mutilation and amputation. Man, that's that's a hard sell. Like, imagine going back 20 years ago and trying to sell this to people. I heard something today where they were talking about, um, what's his name, Uh, Dennis Prager and Dennis Prager being on uh, Bill Maher's show a couple years ago, like back in 19, you know, before the coup and before, you know, the world changed forever. And uh, we we really got into this war. Um, But he was on Bill Maher's show just saying like, hey, it's popular to say in left-wing circles now that men can menstruate. He said menstruate, which I don't know if that's the proper way of saying it, but I say menstruate, I guess. But uh, yeah, he, he kept saying that and they were just laughing at him, just laughing at him. And now they want to teach it to your fucking kindergartner. Um, but let's, let's just get into a little bit of this. This one is uh, from Bob Unruh over at WND. And it starts out by saying that Joe Biden's appointee to lead the nation's health and human services, Xavier Becerra, confirmed in a congressional committee hearing that he advocates for mutilating the bodies of children who are presented to surgeons as transgender, therefore needing surgeries to change them from male to female or female to male. And he was confronted, and rightfully, during the hearing by Representative Lauren Boebert from Colorado about recommendations and requirements and rules issued by his department. And those include various surgeries to remove the body parts that don't align with the child's gender identity. She asked him about those surgeries, and he tried to avoid the question, of fucking course, by stating, I don't equate gender-affirming care with mutilation. That's like saying, I don't, <laughs> I don't equate date rape with rape. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's not like I'm not holding her down. She's unconscious, right? Like, so it's well, not the same she willingly, thing. She willingly initiated the process of the date. Yeah. She showed up. She got in the fucking car. Uh-huh. When you look at the wordplay, right? This is what, it, I mean, it literally makes me psycho. And as we talk about how they try to soften this, right? Gender affirming care is child abuse and mutilation. mutilation. That, that's what that is. And I go back to all the women that are saying to their parents, thank you for not putting me on testosterone because I'd like to play with G.I. Joes when I was a little girl. I mean, it, it just boggles my fucking mind. 
And people just go, oh, gender-affirming care. Yeah, that makes sense. The word care's in there. And it seems kind of soft, right? Not taking a fucking eight-year-old boy and cutting his penis off because his favorite color is fucking pink. Fuck, these people are sick. And what's even sicker is how many people buy into that shit. Oh, yeah, you know, well, you know, this is one of the women at work, uh, you know, her son, well, it was her daughter, but, you know, he's trans, and I'm just trying to be really supportive, and she's nice enough, and I understand, so, you know, I get it, I get it. No, don't fucking get it. Don't get it. Stop. Take a fucking stand for it. Have some decency. Have some morals. These people don't. Folks, I got news for you. The, The current administration is the evil fucking empire. They are a group of evil villains trying to attack and kill everything that's good. We go back to that show, The Boys, right? Where they superheroes and people love them. Oh, Joe Biden's great and Katanji's great and Kamala's, oh my goodness, she's so amazing. We love them all. Merritt Garland, oh man, I'm just so glad he's African-American. This is so great. These guys are so wonderful. They're not. They're fucking monsters that they don't give a shit how many bodies lie in their fucking wake. And we have to put our attention on that already, guys. Well, Stop having the easy conversation. Stop the, oh, yeah, you know, I get it. But, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, no, it's, it's great. No, 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 no. Enough of this. It's time for fucking directness and honesty. Well, and you mentioned a buy-in earlier that people buy into things. Well, here, here, here's a, a real buy-in for you. Katie Pavlik in a column at Town Hall, pointed out that Biden, whom you mentioned there as being part of the sick and sadistic, evil, twisted villains that, that, that are uh, known as superheroes to some others, uh, pointed out that Biden just announced last week a new taxpayer finance. That means, yes, you fucking people listening to this, we're all paying for this shit. And a whole of government campaign, a campaign now, just like they did with the shots to promote transgenderism. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough at at medical experimentation, folks. Now, apparently there are some Christian leaders like James Dobson and Franklin Graham uh, who condemn this as vile. I would agree with them there. (laughs) Uh, Biden's announcement said that the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Health has developed a resource to inform parents and guardians, educators, and other persons supporting children and adolescents with information on what is gender affirming care. So we're going to re-educate you. We're going to we're going to take this word and we're just going to change it to win this argument because it's not like they don't fucking do that with every other goddamn argument that we have with them, right? And why is it important to transgender, non-binary and other gender expansive? What the there's, there's expansion packs here apparently too. <laughs> How many of these movies do we have to watch oh. that they talk about re-education camps? Oh yeah. How many post-apocalyptic, how many of these do we have to see with, with, with re-education folks, they're creating a new truth and you are being re-educated on what is supposed to be right and just permanently mutilating children has become right and just to these fucking evildoers. And of course, Biden now, now granted, um, Everybody has seen the video of Obama, Kamala, shaking hands, kissing babies with the big smiles, and Biden wandering around fucking aimlessly behind them. Oh, yes. Like a lost fucking child. If there, You don't need anything else to enlighten you on who is pulling the fucking strings. If you have not seen that, 
Look it up. Obama, Kamala, Biden, press conference, whatever the fuck. I mean, it is so unbelievable that this lost, senile old man is wandering about. And there's, I'm not saying that Obama's not paying attention to him because he blatantly fucking ignored him, even when his hand was on his shoulder. I'm not saying Kamala was ignoring him because she was so fucking in love with the fact that the man that she tries to emulate is standing there. But folks, I'm telling you this. There's not a person in the room that gave a flying fuck that Joe Biden was standing there. He didn't exist. He was a ghost. Nobody even fucking acknowledged his presence. There's the truth. Saki Puppet said it again. President Obama, I mean Biden, she said it again. How many times do you need these people to say it before you fucking know it's the truth? It's the only thing honest they ever do is fuck up and tell you the truth occasionally. Pretty spot on. It's not just a Freudian slip the first time, guys. The fifth time. Recognize what the fuck is going on. Fucking monsters, man. Well, especially when they start referring to it as an entitlement, like Becerra does here, where he says Americans are entitled to receive healthcare services. They are entitled to receive any of the case you just mentioned uh, in referring to Berbert when she brought up sure. the, the, the gender yeah, affirming yeah. care. Birthing people. Uh, as tax mm-hmm. dollars put forward to fund mastectomies, metonymies, and hysterectomies for sex reassignment purposes for minors with gender dysphoria. <laughs> So, and then it goes on where he's not happy. He is not happy because Texas officials have actually grabbed their fucking sack and done something and declared that subjecting children to those chemicals and surgical procedures, and we're going to talk about the chemicals in two seconds here, involved in what science confirms is impossible, changing gender, as that is embedded in the body down to the chromosome level, was child abuse. Now, the governor... There, ordered child abuse investigations opened when parents were subjecting a child to those procedures. I like that. And Becerra said that at the time, if parents in Texas or anywhere found themselves being investigated for trying to impose on their child such bodily mutilating surgeries, they should contact the HHS Federal Office of Civil Rights. It's now a civil right. What insane language flipping shape-shifting fucking demons that we're dealing with here so now folks keep in mind that the whole piece with civil rights was started by the racism narrative that spread across the country with blm it's all staged it's all planned it's all strategized none of it is a coincidence this chain of events didn't just so happen to take place folks the entire thing is a coordinated fucking effort. Oh, certainly. A coordinated effort. And it's relying on fake science, too. Go fucking figure. The White House is pushing puberty blockers for trans kids. It's relying on a problematic study. This is from the Washington Free Beacon. And now this is a picture here, John Henry, of the Jeopardy champion, Amy Schneider, and, and this is her speaking at the White House on Transgender Gender Day of Visibility. Ladies, this ladies, is, this is ladies. They're not just coming for the children. They're coming for all women. Feminists called you out a couple weeks ago. I'm doing it again. They are literally eliminating your strength as an individual by saying that I can put a man in there 
give it a female name and put a hideous fucking Pepto-Bismol whoopee cushion colored fucking blazer on Look at that shit. those broad shoulders yep. and that this person can now take liberties and rights away from you. You can't compete because <laughs> we'll find a man that's better. Call him Tina and you're fucked. Stand up for yourself, ladies. Stand up for yourself. Well, and the reason they're attacking you is because they're attacking the kids. And this is the craziest thing. I know you guys are going to fucking lose your minds here. That men can't have babies. They can't menstruate either. They don't have the reproductive organs to do so. So let's attack the women so they don't have any more kids. You fucking monsters. Well, they just haven't taken enough of Big Pharma's drugs yet to start uh, peeing out blood or whenever you get to menstruate. <laughs> because uh, when you read this kind of shit, folks, uh, the Biden administration promoted the use of puberty blockers for trans- transgender children by citing a study from an LGBT group funded in part by a manufacturer of the controversial drugs used in gender reassignment. Okay? So it's a racket. It's just a setup to make money off of destroying your children's life. I'm going to say something that some people aren't going to like. Okay? That's okay, too. We do that here as well. <laughs> um, and maybe even some of our listeners won't like this statement. But I need to make something very, 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 very fucking clear. There is no such thing as Santa Claus. There is no such thing as unicorns. There are no such thing as transgender children. There is no such thing as transgender children. What you do have is children that have been manipulated, abused, and pushed into this ideology. A six-year-old child does not know their sexual orientation because their hormones have not developed to the point where they even know what a sexual orientation is. They are non-sexual beings. Five-year-old kids don't have a sex drive, guys. So for them to make the determination on what sex they are before the development has ever taken place for them to even know, do I like boys or do I like girls? It's bullshit. This is the doing of adults coercing and manipulating these fucking kids. So I'm going to say it one more time. And if you don't like it, I don't give a shit. There are no such thing as transgender children. There are only children. You fucking animals. I'm on fire. I'm just like fucking in flames right now. I'm so pissed off about it. I mean, it only gets worse. Um, In statements commemorating Transgender Day of Visibility, the White House and Department of Health and Human Services cited research from the Trevor Project to support the use of puberty blockers, hormone therapy, and sex reassignment procedures in children seeking to change genders. And two of the Trevor Project's donors, ABV, which is ABB and capital VIE, and Allergan, which is A-L-L-E-R-G-A-N, make drugs and medical products used in the medical gender transition process. Now, also... 
the charitable foundations of both companies gave at least $50,000 to the Trevor Project. And according to a review of tax documents and the Trevor Project's website, the Trevor Project did not disclose the funding in its research. Now, the Biden administration's support for gender-affirming care, the progressive buzzword like you brought up, John Henry, uh, for gender trans, uh, transitions, comes as conservatives push to stop the prescription of hormones and puberty blockers to children. And it, men- it mentions Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who also may be completely owned by the World Economic Forum. So that doesn't really give me much hope at all uh, that he's going to do anything to stop this from happening. Uh, but apparently, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has subpoenaed AbbVie and drug, ma- uh, drug maker Endo Pharmaceuticals, claiming that both companies improperly promote the use of puberty blockers in transgender children, which there are none. So that editor needs to remove that, John Henry. I agree. Now, the, Pre- the Trevor Project study published in the Journal of Adolescent Health and cited by numerous news outlets, which means that the fake news was spread all around. Go fucking figure there claimed that teenagers with access to drugs and procedures to change genders were less likely to have depression and suicidal thoughts. Now, the organization polled nearly 12,000 transgender and non-binary youth offering gift cards. Offering, remember what it said in the grooming thing? Offering gifts. Offering gift cards to some participants. Inciting the study, HHS said, early, early. Use of the drugs was crucial to the well-being of transgender children. Now, AbbVie, I like this article, makes Lupron, a drug designed to treat premature puberty that is sold off-label to transgender children. Now, we're not allowed to get ivermectin because that's off-label, folks. If you're fucking dying in the coof, you can't get that. But you can get some off-label transgender children's drugs, you betcha. Now, the company also sells Androgel, a testosterone booster used in the female-to-male transition process. And Allergan makes materials used in gender reassignment procedures. And though the medical gender transition industry is growing rapidly, some researchers say puberty blockers and hormone treatments for children have not been studied enough to ensure their safety. Oh, like they really give a fuck about that. After all this shit over the past two years with these fucking shots, I really don't think they care. Now, it says down here that drug companies have ramped up funding for LGBT groups and transgender research in recent years. And a group of Stanford researchers who released another influential study this year endorsing hormone treatments received funding from Pfizer and Arbor, according to a report from the Daily Caller. And Pfizer sells estradiol and estrogen hormone used by males transitioning to females. Pfizer is also a sponsor of the Human Rights Campaign, an LGBT rights organization that was also cited in the HHS document touting treatment for transgender children, which don't exist. The document also cited research from the Endocrine Society, a medical group that has endorsed the use of puberty blockers for children seeking a gender change, and AbbVie, Pfizer, and other drug companies that make drugs used in the gender transition process are corporate liaisons for the Endocrine Society. 
Abvi gave $20,000 to the Endocrine Society in 2020. So let's move on. This one you uh, submitted to us, I believe, John Henry, New Jersey. This is from Blaze Media, New Jersey, to require second graders to learn about gender identity and climate change. It's abuse, plain and simple. That's, that's a quote. This one's from Paul Saka. And I just wanted to scroll down to this one because just briefly, folks, uh, second grade students in New Jersey public schools will receive lessons in gender identity and climate change, as we stated there. But in June of 2020, the New Jersey's Board of Education approved this uh, student learning standards. Uh, They call it the Comprehensive Health and Physical Education with an eight to four vote. The curriculum is set to go into effect by September of this year. But I wanted to point something out here that they do is that um, they make second graders, second graders, in a lesson plan called Understanding Our Bodies. Teachers are instructed. This lesson does, however, acknowledge that there are some body parts that mostly girls, mostly, mostly just girls have, and some parts that mostly just boys have. And being a boy or a girl doesn't have to mean you have those parts But for most people, this is how their bodies are. And most people have a vulva and a vagina or a penis and testicles, except for Mitt Romney. But some people's bodies can be different. See, I'm right. Your body is exactly what is right for you. Now, the the instruction, it says, uh, the instruction guide asks second graders to correctly identify at least four body parts of the female and male genitals. Remember what we said about showing them porn and sexually explicit things, trying to normalize this. Now, one of the, one of the people here battling this, I believe uh, this is the quote here, yes, um, from Senator Michael Testa uh, from New Jersey. Uh, we fought for our kids to return to school in person. Then we had to fight to take off our kids' masks. Now we have to watch our elementary school children who have already fallen behind thanks to the Murphy lockdowns because Governor Phil right, Murphy is a hot. piece of shit. Hold on, yes. hold on, hold on. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that part of the school closures and COVID was to give them time to construct this fucking albatross? I think it was already constructed. They just had to put it in place. It's like they, it's, pre, it's like a prefabbed it. house. Like they, they just already gotcha. had the entire plan put in play, but they just had to like actually move the pieces on, on the board where they were supposed to go for this to happen. Yeah. Cause guys, let me ask you, I mean, before the pandemic, were we talking about trans kids? Like, was this a common topic that was discussed? No, no, really. Cause Dennis Prager was laughed yeah. off a fucking Bill Maher show. Apparently. <laughs> exactly. It was a joke, yeah. but now all of a sudden this is a mainstream dialogue and conversation again. All strategy. Back to you, yep. sir. And uh, it, back to number six in the yes. weather. And let's move on with the New York Post. <laughs> it's currently raining hellfire and damnation across the entire globe. Just watching <laughs> this video of Kamala Harris signing the shit. I'm gonna have to pause that. I can't I can't oh that's a great one. We got her face. This is this is how I imagine her thinking when people pose questions to her, that that's the real expression that she has there, folks. But the Senate 
confirms Katanji Brown Jackson as the first black woman on Supreme Court. Oh, hooray. So down here, it goes over the three Republican senators. We're going to be talking more about these, some of these people too. But Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Wow. Don't you really, I mean, we, I don't necessarily want Russia to take over Alaska, but can they at least take Lisa Murkowski from us? Can we do that in trade? Like, y'all motherfuckers can't have it back. Like, we're going we're gonna to keep the oil and everything up there um, and the fishing industry and whatever else they got going on. But you motherfuckers, you, you Russians, you can have Lisa Murkowski. Fuck her. And Mitt Romney of Utah, the biggest piece of shit, voted with all 50 Democrats to confirm Jackson. And Vice President Kamala Harris presided over the vote, which was held up for several minutes to allow Senator Rand Paul to cast a no vote. I mean, at least he did that. <laughs> it was ceremonious. But, oh, man. Now, afterwards, Biden said, all right, okay, and was pumping his fist and wrapping an arm around Jackson's shoulders. Ew. The exchange was shown in an edited, of course, White House video released hours later. Now, no reporters or TV cameras were allowed into the Roosevelt Room, probably because they were drinking adrenochrome out of a child's skull to celebrate. But in a rare limited grant of access, Biden's press staff allowed still photographers to snapshots of the moment. And here you see Katanji's fucking Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun video smile right here. Look, why so serious? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm coming for your kids. Oh, yeah. Right through those teeth. That's how she's saying it, man. And just, wow, does he look like a fucking goon. Like, look at what kind of, like, a rose, risen from the dead type of creature does he look like? Joe Biden, uh, for the folks listening, uh, in this photo, John Henry. Uh, The Crypt Keeper. Oh, yeah. He's getting there, man. (laughs) No. You know who he looks like? He looks like um, fucking Humpty Hump, Chevy Chase. What's the movie? In the um, the scrapyard. What is it? No good business. What what is the movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, are we talking about Fletch? No. No, no. Humpty Hump, the rapper with the fake oh, nose. I know who you're talking about. So him, from, Chevy Chase, Digital they're all in a movie. Yeah where they end up in the scrapyard with the crazy family and the two big fat babies that look like us. Oh man, we're going to have to IMDB that one. We're going to have to go back to there because I might, for whatever reason, my brain can't access that porthole right now. (laughs) I'm going to get it to you. Uh, Folks, we we, will have this to you. I promise. Yes. Okay. We'll take take one moment there and let's just, oh, oh, if you can look up for one moment, John, look at this disgusting photo. Oh God. You smell so good, Katanji. You smell like blood of children. Yeah, Biden said congratulations. It's a big day. Indeed. Big day indeed. Most Republicans voted against Jackson, citing concerns about her judicial philosophy or sentences in certain cases. And then also, oh, gotta love him. Senator Lindsey Graham announced his no vote from the cloakroom of the chamber. What was he doing in there? Okay, folks, movies called Nothing But Trouble. Nothing But Trouble. Photos coming in momentarily. Oh, excellent. Gotcha. Let's let's look into that. Man, these these photos in this in this article are fantastic too. 
absolutely fantastic, folks. Those of you uh, not not watching here, uh, we are on BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble. So uh, if you'd like to see our visually expanded uh, podcast here now, uh, definitely check us out on those. And you're also, oh, almost forgot to mention, we are also now on Brighteon too. That's that's the new guy in town for us. Okay, found one I need. Where would you like me to send it, sir? Um, send it to the Instagram. Yeah, that's okay. easy for me Coming to slide over and bookmark there. But um, now let's move on to the next one. The World Economic Forum algorithms will soon decide if a child is gay before they decide themselves. That sounds kind of weird. <laughs> um, now, let's go on because uh, this is from uh, We Live in a Mad World. That's an awesome fucking website title. Uh, but uh, this is World Economic Forum member Yuval Noah Harari. And he apparently has boasted that within the next few years, algorithms will be able to decide if children are unknowingly homosexual. During a 2018 presentation at the annual World Economic Forum meet, titled, Will the Future Be Human? You think that we're kidding about this kind of shit when we talk about these things, guys? No, no, it, it, that was in 2018, too. <laughs> so it's, it's been around for a minute. They haven't just flipped at all. All right. Now, Harari declared the coming merger of infotech and biotech will provide the ability to hack human beings. And according to Harari, algorithms will soon be created that will know the person better than they know themselves. We really don't know ourselves, Harari said. And to give an example, when I was 21, I finally realized that I was gay after living several years in denial. And this is not exceptional. A lot of gay men live in denial for many years. They don't know something very important about themselves. Now he says, now imagine a situation in 10 or 20 years when an algorithm can tell any, and of course he goes right here, John Henry. Of course he has to go right here. He says, now imagine a situation in 10 or 20 years when an al algorithm can tell any teenager exactly where he or she is on the gay-straight spectrum. Now, how dare he not include all 72,000 other genders in that? <laughs> all right, serious question. Yes. Based on the algorithm, how gay are you? Well, he goes on to that. He goes, he goes <laughs> on to say, now, this is... He says, now, maybe you personally wouldn't like to make such use of an algorithm, he said, but maybe you find yourself at, at some boring birthday party, or I don't know about the birthday parties you go I'd to, like John, to know. but I want to know, know who gay <laughs> yes. I am. This is very important. And he said, of somebody from your class at school, and one of your friends has this wonderful idea, of course, somebody from your class at school, and somebody has this wonderful idea. I've just heard about this cool new algorithm that tells you your sexual orientation. This is like those little quizzes that they do in like the chick magazines, right? And wouldn't it be a lot of fun if everybody just takes turns testing themselves on this algorithm as everybody else is watching and commenting? And it said, what would you do? Would you just walk away? And even if you walk away and even if you keep hiding from your classmates or from yourself, you will not be able to hide from, and this is important what he says right here, you will not be able to hide from Amazon and Alibaba and 
the secret police. Who are the secret police and what the fuck is he talking about here? The secret police. Interesting. <laughs> this is World Economic so Forum. Like, so does Amazon going to automatically, you know, send you Astroglide or dildos or butt plugs or how's that going to work? A chest compression for young women they deem gay. So guys, here's really what this is explaining to you. What it's explaining to you is that it won't be enough for your children's teachers to convince them that they're trans or gay uh, or have that social pressure from everybody else around them because it's really cool to be trans or gay right now. Uh, mind you, that's why there's fake trans kids is because of the social pressure, pressure rather, where they're getting all this amazing attention and everybody's being so supportive and cheering and rah, 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 rah. What it means now is that if you get smart enough to take your kids out of school uh, or never allow them to be in a situation where they could have that happen to them, that simply put, now the internet's going to convince your kids that they're gay. Hmm. That's what's going to happen. And that algorithm is going to start sending uh, shirtless men, support for gay. Like, it's, it's fucking grotesque. All right, so I think I finally found a way to show those images here. And we are there in three, two, one, maybe go. There he is. There's, there's what Joe Biden looks like. Your 46th president, <laughs> Joe Biden. I'm going to have to go back, man, because it's been, oh, it's been a long time. But I'm going to have to go back and watch that one. That is. I mean, it's him. That is safe. It's, it's literally him. Absolutely. I agree 100%. <laughs> And then this one looks like this one is his brain. Whenever somebody asks him like a real question, like from the press pool, uh, Joe, tell us about what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, like, yeah, anytime that Steve Ducey see, uh, speaks up, this is just like what he oh, does yeah. with his face. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did you see him describe America in one word? Uh, yeah. He said that to me. That was fucking crazy. If you were to describe America in one word, it's <laughs> in the raffle there leveled. Me and President Xi were at the foothills of the Himalayas, and I flew 17,000 miles as vice president. I, I can't confirm I that. I love that the one word to describ America was actually a love letter <laughs> Dude, love to his picture. trip with Xi Jinping. <laughs> no, I'm blowing Xi make, Jinping at the, on, the, on the base of the foothills. Can we make this our thumbnail for this week? Oh, absolutely. I love, I love this yes. picture. Oh, we got it. We got it. All right. So, oh, God. Moving on. Now. I also wanted to point out, too, that um, Harari goes on to say, as you surf the internet, as you watch videos or check your social feed, the algorithms will be monitoring your eye movements, your blood pressure, your brain activity, and they will know they could tell Coca-Cola that if you want to sell this person some fuzzy sugary drink, don't use the advertisement with the shirtless girl, use the advertisement with the shirtless guy. So it's all about monetizing the control over you. So I'm just going to go ahead and let everybody know right now. Um, that algorithm would say that I am 100% gay. 100% gay. Guaranteed. And I'm going to explain why. Uh, I like to work out. Yeah. I always like lifting weights, like world's strongest men stuff and power lifter stuff and bodybuilding stuff. And I got to tell you, based on the amount of shirtless muscular men that I've looked at, on my own accord, mind you, wasn't led to that at all. I can guarantee you that I am 100% homosexual. <laughs> yeah. Your whole feed is just like naked dudes that look like the Stoltman brothers. It's so <laughs> that's, that's all it is. It's giant men in spandex. 
<laughs> Talking about pumping. Oh my goodness. And it's <laughs> So I am the gay. Well, and, and speaking of the gay, <laughs> uh, Harari ends with, you wouldn't even know that this was happening because that's, that's how they do the grooming, but they will know. And this information will be worth billions. So now speaking about billions of worth and, and things of, of grooming nature, let's talk about this. Disney's new spokeswoman worked for Biden, Obama, and Hillary. Of course, there has to be a fucking connection in the cabal, in the satanic pedophilia cult. Back to those names, John Henry. Disney has named Christina Shockey, a veteran of the Biden administration, the Obama administration, and the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. <laughs> Her last name is Shockey. Yep. It's really, they keep saying Jen Psaki's leaving that role. It's just going to be her with brown oh, hair. Oh, yeah. It's just going to... And they're going to pretend it's a completely different person. I hope she has a goatee, too, like a bizarro <laughs> Jen Psaki. Comes in there. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with these people? That's, we need You that. monsters. We need that. Fucking uh, shapeshifters. Now, <laughs> it says here, the move comes as Disney faces backlash from consumers, as they fucking well should. And lawmakers, as they fucking well should, over its opposition to the Florida Parental Rights Bill, which CEO Bob Chapek uh, condemned after pressure from progressive activists within the entertainment conglomerate. And according to a press release from the Walt Disney Company, Shockey was appointed by President Biden to lead the nationwide COVID-19 vaccine education campaign. So this is her payoff. For selling the souls of so many children into the fucking arms of Pfizer, uh, right, in, right into the mouth, as you see, you know, like if you ever watch uh, Metropolis, just feeding them right into the mouth of Moloch there. Uh, that she served that uh, education campaign in the Obama administration and, and also served in the Obama administration as special assistant to the president and communications director to the first lady. So she worked with Michael Obama too, and worked as deputy communications director for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. Now, Shockey also co-founded the American Foundation for Equal Rights, which is a nonprofit, probably used as a slush fund or some type of way for them to move money around illegally, and a nonprofit that pushed for Full federal marriage equality for all Americans, of course. The Disney statement lauds Shockey for leading the successful bipartisan, thank you conservatives, you shitcons, public awareness campaign and legal challenge to restore marriage equality to California. Now, let's move on to um, this next one because this kind of ties into the political angle of this too. Will the court allow special counsel John Durham, to see the Clinton campaign documents. So we just mentioned that this last bitch worked for Hillary Clinton back in 2016, when, you know, whenever they were attempting uh, the first coup on President Donald Trump back then, uh, the first attempt, at least that we know of. And now the Clinton campaign, the DNC and Perkins Coie and Fusion GPS withheld or redacted numerous documents Go figure, go fucking figure that they would, it's Hillary Clinton and there's more document scandals. So late Wednesday of this week, special counsel John Durham filed a motion to compel the 2016 Hillary Clinton campaign, the Democratic National Committee, Fusion GPS, and Perkins Coie to provide the judge presiding over Mike, uh, the Michael Sussman criminal case copies 
of unredacted documents previously withheld from the government. The Clinton campaign and DNC have claimed the withheld or redacted documents are protected by attorney-client privilege. Oh, isn't that nice? You know, the, the type of thing that they violated uh, with, with, with Project Veritas and the FBI. But now, it, the, I really like this article here uh, from The Federalist. Uh, this one's done by Margot Cleveland. But just scrolling down a little bit, they give some background. They also give uh, context for the law, which is important. Um, but also, the, 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 why Durham wants these documents it says, while Durham argues in Wednesday's motion to compel that the redacted documents are not protected by attorney-client privilege, he acknowledges that without reviewing the content of the material, that assessment cannot be fully made. Thus, at this point, the government first seeks a court order compelling the third parties to provide the unredacted documents to the court for an in-camera review, meaning a confidential review by the court. So, what I like about this is, is that they are at least going to be able to see what's in the documents to see if there is anything there uh, that could be uh, put under attorney-client privilege. But if you go down at the bottom of this, arcu- uh, this article, is that it clearly lays out that um, while the motion to compel filed last week or last night speaks only to the third parties who hold the privilege of the unredacted documents, that Sussman's attorneys will likely weigh in too, repeating the complaint they made during last week's status conference uh, that followed the hearing on Sussman's motion to dismiss. At that time, Sussman's attorney complained that the special counsel's office has been discussing privilege for well over a year and that to now, only now bring it up six weeks before trials is unfair and raises due process concerns. Sussman, of course, could always agree to, to a continuance of the trial, but then he wouldn't have the due process argument for a pro- possible appeal in the event that he is convicted. An insurance plan, so to speak. So there's still a way out for Sussman. There's still a way out for these people. And uh, even though they're, they're going to get to review these documents in private, John Henry, who knows if they'll ever see the light of day or if they'll even see uh, the light in a courtroom. But moving on, inside, and there's a reason why I connected this to the last article too that we'll get to in just a moment. Inside the $6 million mansion, Black Lives Matter reportedly bought with donated funds. And this one is from the New York Post from Isabella, uh, I'm sorry, Isabel Vincent. Uh, the sprawling $6 million mansion bought by Black Lives Matter in Los Angeles once hosted Humphrey Bogart and Marilyn Monroe as house guests and comes complete with a soundstage, music studio, pool, and a two-bedroom guest house. The 7,400-square-foot square, uh, Studio City compound is a 1930s farmhouse that also boasts seven bedrooms and seven bathrooms, according to the real estate listing. Now, I wanted to scroll down here, and the reason why is because In this purchase, property records reviewed by the New York Post on Tuesday show that the home was sold for $3.1 million to Diane Paschal, a Los Angeles-based real estate developer who works in the nonprofit sector in a deal that closed on October 27th of 2020. Now, 
The seller at the time, which is a televangelist, Sean Boltz, confirmed the sales to the Post. Three days after the purchase, however, records show that the property was transferred to a Delaware limited liability company named after the home's address and representing BLM GNF for $5.8 million. No transfer tax was recorded. Could you imagine the tax bill on $5.8 million fucking dollars on a purchase like that? No transfer tax was recorded because the LLC was, rep- was representing the nonprofit, which is a tax, which is tax exempt. The LLC is a registered under a Washington, D.C. office for the law firm Perkins Coie. Of course, it's fucking Perkins Coie from the Hillary Clinton campaign and from the Russiagate scandal in Washington, D.C. of all fucking places. And a Delaware connection, too, so you have the Biden fucking regime in there as well, if you want maybe to look into, but which had set up the complex web of BLM, uh, GF's related entities in 2016. The discrepancy between the two eye-popping amounts was not immediately clear. Wow. So, Sacramento, and John Henry, uh, you sent me this, I believe, Sacramento mass shooting suspect released early from 10-year prison term, despite pleading and warning from the DA, if he is released early, this is the quote, he will continue to break the law. And did he? Well, he certainly did. The The second man arrested in the wake of Sunday's deadly mass shooting in Sacramento, California, is a career criminal who was released early from prison despite vehement opposition from the country's I'm sorry, the county's district attorney, the Sacramento Bee, reported Tuesday. According to documents obtained by the news outlet through a public records request, 27-year-old Smiley Martin was granted an early release from prison in February 2022, just over four years into a 10-year prison sentence for domestic violence and assault with great bodily injury convictions. On Tuesday... Martin was arrested on charges of possession of a machine gun and possession of a firearm by a prohibited person for his role in the horrific shooting that has left at least six dead and 15 more injured. He reportedly recorded himself on a Facebook Live video brandishing a handgun hours before the shooting. But there's not going to be anything done to Facebook, right? They're not going to go after Facebook there like they went after Grab, a gab after Christchurch, will they? No, absolutely not, because they're part of the cabal. A day earlier, Martin's brother, DeAndre Martin, was arrested for his role in the shooting. Later Tuesday, news broke that a third arrest had been made. But if Sacramento County District Attorney Anne Marie Schubert's office had its way, Martin would have never been allowed to walk the streets that night. The reason why I wanted to bring this up, John Henry, right after we talked about Hillary Clinton, is that we can see the differences in uh, justice here, right? We can see that um, the way that it affects us all is usually that the way that the justice system now works is we're all victimized, and then the victimizers actually get rewarded, (laughs) or they get away with it, they get let out early, they get light sentences, Um, they also maybe get 
supply. Where the fuck did he get this machine gun? I mean, you're, you're, you, you, you know about the guns, John Henry. You know about these laws. You don't just go and buy one of these motherfuckers from a uh, swap. You meet. know what? He probably bought it from a gun show where he didn't have to do a background check. That's the bullshit that people <clears throat> were saying, I'm sure. <laughs> it's all horseshit. And then Biden immediately comes out talking about restricting um, semi-automatic firearms, um, any capacity magazines, oh, essentially. You know, it's it's all a fucking joke. I mean, what a failure of our justice system. A failure. And I send prayers to every victim and their family. I, I got to tell you, it's just fucking revolting, violent criminals. But, that's, you know, California, they, they, they love that shit. I mean, you look at the videos, like there's there's a Instagram page um, that if you want your stomach turned, it's called Gutter People of Los Angeles, right? And it's just people fucking, it, I mean, it's like zombie land. People on the street shitting on the street with heroin needles hanging out of their arms. And that is that is your utopia that is California. Um, and you know what? It breeds this shit. It breeds this type of behavior. Um, you know, this guy's a dangerous, this is a violent criminal. This isn't somebody got caught with an ounce of weed. He is a violent, multi-time offending criminal. Which makes him a... He should be in... Go ahead. Fucking... Which makes him a Democrat. Oh, yeah. He yeah. should be in prison. Yeah. I was going to say, it makes it's him a product sickening. of the system. You know, like, if, if, if you wanted is. to make an argument for social services and all the programs and tax dollars that we spend um, to try and make differences in, in people's lives like this, like, starting in 2013... Martin engaged in a pattern of dangerous criminal behavior in January of that year, just six months after his 18th birthday, just as an, just became an adult. He was sentenced to probation in county jail after being confronted by police for attempting to illegally sell a rifle and multiple large capacity magazines. It's almost like this is a setup. It's almost like this is a psyop to get guns off the streets or out of the hands of law-abiding citizens. Ten months later, Martin and three partners ambushed a Walmart store and made off with $2,800 worth of electronic merchandise. Video and surveillance would later show that Martin was responsible for additional robberies in the area, and he was again sentenced to two years in state prison. This guy's like the movie Bronson. He's just in and out, in and out. In 2016, he lied to police and attempted to evade arrest after a run-in with officers. And then in 2018, Martin's crimes took an even more violent turn when he forced his way into his girlfriend's home and assaulted her. He located her hiding in her bedroom closet and hit her repeatedly with a closed fist on the face, head, and body, causing visible injuries. And Abelgard's letter uh, said he then dragged her out of the home by her hair to an awaiting car. And after he put her in the car, he assaulted her with a belt. During the investigation, information was gathered that the victim had been working as a prostitute and that inmate Martin had been assisting and encouraging her to be a prostitute. It continued. Text messages and social media conversations revealed that he would tell her what kind of sex buyer she would date, how much money to charge, how to accept payment, and what forms of payment she should accept. That's just so fucking disgusting. On to the next one. This is from DJ HJ Media. Two fake DHS agents bribed Joe Biden's Secret Service detail since 2020. Our fucking 
justice system? Our secret service now? Like the FBI. The, the fucking HHS. There's no, there's no part of our government that isn't entirely corrupt and falling apart in a complete fucking joke at this point, John Henry. <laughs> Law enforcement in Washington, D.C. is not only ignoring threats to the American people, apparently, but they are also ignoring threats to the Biden family as well. As news comes out that Jill Biden was in danger from two separate fake Secret Service agents. An update on FBI at the crossing in Washington, D.C., authorities say two men were posing as federal agents giving free apartments and other gifts to U.S. Secret Service agents, including one who worked on the security detail of First Lady of the United States, Joe Biden. That's from Kyle Mazda. Now, Joe Biden's, or I'm sorry, Joe Biden's Secret Service detail was infiltrated by two fake Homeland Security agents who allegedly showered Biden's security personnel with gifts, according to the media reports, including $40,000 a year penthouse and $2,000 firearm. Arian Tahirzadeh, 40, and Haidir Ali, 36, were both charged with false impersonation of an officer of the United States and taken into custody on Wednesday after more than a dozen FBI agents charged into a luxury apartment building in Southeast Washington for allegedly posing as a fake Homeland Security officers. Now, what's really fucking weird, what's really fucking weird, is that they told residents in that building, they say prosecutors say that the men had also set up surveillance in the building and had been telling residents there that they could access any of their cell phones at any time. The residents also told investigators that they believed the men had access to their personal information. So whether they did or not, but the fact that they could even fake that these days, because it's fucking believable, uh, their infiltration has been ongoing since 2020, charging, docu charging documents alleged, claiming that they supplied Secret Service agents with rent-free luxury apartments, high electronics, and policing equipment. And in one instance, Tahir Zeta even allegedly offered a member of First Lady Jill Biden's security detail a $2,000 rifle and supplied an agent with a penthouse apartment valued at more than $40,000 a year. Now, nobody knows where they're coming from, where they're getting this money from, or what the fuck that they were doing there. Now, one of, one of the um, speculative uh, assessments of this is, is that these fuckers were actually um, trying to be like police, but they couldn't be. That there's a, a term for them, Dan Bongino, I believe, referred to it as they refer to them as buffs, like people that can't make the force. So they dress up as cops and try and hang out with cops and act and talk like cops. So, but that's kind of scary that uh, they can infiltrate the highest levels of government in our fucking world. The two idiots can pretend to be police officers and weasel their way in there for two years. Two years, John Henry. But, no, 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 no. No, they, they weren't just buffs. Okay. I, I, I could. Where did the money come <laughs> uh -huh. from? These guys weren't just doing this for fun. There's a reason for it. I don't know what it is. Somebody paid for this. It wasn't those two dudes. You don't spend that kind of money for nothing. Say that I'm a friend with somebody that's high up in the security of the, you know, president's family. Nah, something's fucking wrong here. 
I want to know who these people really were and who paid for that shit and what was their goal. That's what I want to know. Was it the blackmail one of those guys? And then what? It just doesn't make sense. The whole thing is bullshit. I don't like the story. Uh, I don't believe it. There's there's a lot missing from here, so I, I will not take this for face value. Oh yeah, motive is, and I can only hope that we find out who the fuck these people really are. Yeah, def- definitely a lot of suspicion in in their motives there. Besides just trying to be maybe a glorified um, security uh, service agent or something like that at some point in their life. Um, but going on, this is from Trib twenty four seven. Where's Joe? Video of Obama's return seems to confirm he's serving third term, just as you were talking about, and shows just Joe facing the fucking curtain, back turned to everyone else in the room, looking lost and confused. And it says under the description here, Joe Biden wanders off as Barack Obama holds court at the White House on Tuesday. There are any doubts about who has really been running Team Biden, it says here in the article. They were put to rest at the White House on April 5th. Barack Obama on Tuesday was back for the first time in five years in his speech touting the 12th anniversary of Obamacare. Hooray. Remember that garbage? Remember remember your insurance premiums fucking skyrocketing, folks? Remember losing your doctor when they told you you could keep it? Yeah. Remember when they told you it was safe and effective, too? Yeah. Don't they all sound alike now? He referred to his good old Joe as Vice President Biden. (laughs) And Obama quickly followed up with, that was a joke. But the point was understood by everyone that Joe is the beta in that relationship. New York Post's Miranda Devine noted in April 6 op-ed, what does that make Obama? Observers counted 33 times Obama managed to mention himself during his speech. Who had the stupid idea, in quotes it says here, to invite his charismatic predecessor back to upstage Biden and humiliate him before the world, Devine asked. Unlike his predecessors, Obama has maintained a residence in Washington, D.C. And the reporting on who has been running the leaderless staff at the White House has been non-existent. Washington insiders have speculated that former National Security Advisor Susan Rice has played a key role. And there is evidence his former staff had an active role in the 2020 campaign. Oh, man. Now, I think, yes, they link uh, the Twitter videos of Biden just trying to get people's attention, trying to get Obama's attention uh, with Kamala Harris following Obama around like a little puppy dog and just Biden wandering around looking stupid. But let's move on to this next one. Heated. This is from BPR, Business and Politics. Matt Gates dresses down Defense Secretary for Wokeness. I'm embarrassed by your leadership. This is from Chris Donaldson. Sparks flew between Republican uh, Representative Matt Gates and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin on Tuesday as White House Armed Services Committee hearing turned contentious when the Pentagon boss bristled at the concept of congressional oversight. Austin and fellow officials, including woke Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley, made the trip to Capitol Hill where they were grilled on the 2023 defense budget. A $773 billion request that drew criticism by the Florida congressman, as it should have, who clashed with Austin over military strategy, the debacles in Afghanistan and Ukraine, and the Pentagon's embrace of far-left ideology under the Biden regime, particularly critical race theory indoctrination in the ranks. 
And that is an awesome shot of uh, Tommy's Garage there with that sweet Dean Dimebag guitar. Hell yeah. Wow, the majority of the hearing was uneventful. The atmosphere in the room turned tense when a back and forth between Austin and Gates became heated, resulting in a fiery rebuke of the former Raytheon lobbyist. I want to repeat that for you out there that have been doing research and paying attention. A fiery rebuke of the former Raytheon lobbyist who was plucked from the corporate world by President Biden, who sought to make an impact with his base with another appointment based on race and gender. A tendency that continues to repeat itself. You guys have been blowing a lot of calls lately on matters of strategy, uh, Mr. Secretary Gates said. You guys told us that Russia couldn't lose. You told us that the Taliban could immediately win. And so I guess I'm wondering what in the $773 billion that you're requesting today is going to help you make assessments that are accurate in the face of so many blown calls. Now, I like I like where he's going here with this and calling him out, especially on the CRT stuff. Um, but the problem here is, John Henry, is that the two sides of this coin both are is that we're going to spend more money on, on the militarization, the military-industrial complex, or we're going to sp- spend more money on the military-industrial complex. Like, those, those, those are our two fucking choices all the time. So, um, but... It says here from Gates, but it's not just about hypersonics. It's all over the world. It's in Taiwan, where China last flew uh, more sorties than ever before, and it's North Korea on pace to shatter prior records. The number of missiles that are uh, testing, and so while everyone else in the world seems to be developing capabilities and being more strategic, we got time to embrace critical race theory at West Point, to embrace socialism at the National Defense University, to do mandatory pronoun training. Do you, and then Austin shoots back, you know, again, this is the most capable, the most combat critical force in the world it has been, and it is and will be going uh, so going forward. And Gates responded, not if we continue down this path, not if we embrace socialism. As the Pentagon chief continued to talk over him, the fact that you're embarrassed by your, by your country, Austin sniped, inadvertently setting himself up for what came next. And Gates says, no, no, no. I'm embarrassed by your leadership. I am not embarrassed by my country. Gates said as he dropped the bunker buster on an overmatched bureaucrat, I wish that we were not losing to China. Well, I don't know if we're losing to China because it seems like our people in our government are partnering with them. So um, it depends on who we is. But I think in Gates' mind, maybe it still is we the people. But let's, let's go over this. It's speaking of military affairs. Biden regime, this is from the Stephen Lenman blog. Biden regime orchestrated the Buka. Ukraine false flag. On Sunday, Russia's deputy UN envoy, Dmitry Polanski, said the following. In light of the Ukrainian radicals provocation in Buka, Russia requested a meeting of the UN Security Council on Monday, April 4th, adding... We will unmask Ukrainian provocateurs and their Western patrons on what really happened in Bucha. And note, as president of the Security Council in April, Britain's militantly hostile to Russia Bojo regime refused to okay the session. Now, doesn't it seem kind of odd that the person being accused of something 
calls for an actual investigation, John Henry. And then the people responsible for the investigation, who also seem to be the people aligned against that person being accused of said crime, refuse to do the investigation. This sounds exactly like them investigating the, uh, the Wuhan lab leak theory, uh, lab leak theory, maybe investigating the um, Syrian gas attacks too. Um, but this, this just falls right in line. Now, another thing I wanted to point out, it said, on the same day, as a separate article explained, Russia's military, uh, Russia's defense ministry said the following, all photographs and video materials published by the Kiev regime, allegedly showing some kind of crimes by Russian military personnel in the town of Buka near Kiev, are yet another provocation, adding Russian troops pulled out from the area on March 30th for redeployment to Donbass. And so-called evidence of crimes at Buka appeared only on the fourth day after withdrawing, when Ukrainian intelligence and representatives of Ukrainian television arrived in the town. So only after the White Hats get there, right, to, to make the, the fake Syrian gas attack videos happen that we all reacted to online, well, it seems like that could have happened here. Could have. Not saying it did, folks, but how am I to know the UN Security Council won't do a fucking investigation on it? I wonder why. And on March 31st, the mayor of Buka, Anatoly Fedoruk, confirmed in his video address that there was no Russian military in the town, but did not even mention. Okay, this is the mayor of the town. How bad does your mayor suck? That if there is a fucking military <laughs> crime against humanity, atrocity happening on the streets of your town. And we're talking about some pretty seriously evil shit, folks. We're talking about like people, like children with their ears cut off and mutilated and shit like that. Like your HHS uh, department wants to do to your kids, too. Uh, but now, either way, it's particularly concerning, it says, that bodies of people whose images were published by the Kiev regime after at least four days, had not stiffened, do not have characteristic cadaveric spots, and have fresh blood in their wounds. These inconsistencies show that a Buka false flag incident was a was staged by the Kiev regime for Western media. Now, I also wanted to point out in this next article too, and this is from the Times of India, Buka, a false flag operation, according to Russian embassy, that in New Delhi, the Russian embassy in India claimed on Thursday that there's evidence to prove that the massacre in Buka was a false flag operation, while also saying that the heinous attack brings back the nightmares of the Nazi crimes during the World War II. It raised revulsion and condemnation in Russia and India and globally, it said in a statement. Russia firmly stands for bringing to justice those involved in this outrageous war crime act. The main challenge is to ensure a genuinely independent and unbiased investigation. Regrettably, there has been so far widespread hollow allegations against Moscow. While there's evidence that it was, in fact, a cynical false flag operation perpetrated by Kiev itself. It is vitally important to take this evidence into account as we seek justice, says the embassy. John Henry, this Buka incident, 
this is just another example of how we can be completely and utterly manipulated by our media because of our access to what's actually happening over there. I know that there are plenty of people out there listening right now that feel for the victims of this crime. And I'm not trying to minimize any type of atrocity like this or the loss of life there. But what I wanted to point out is, folks, is that when there are two sides to this story, and there certainly is at least two sides to this story, and when only one side is allowed to be talked about, only one side is allowed to be accepted, only one side is allowed to be investigated. Well, what are we, what are we, to, uh, what are we to draw from that as far as conclusions go? Are we being propagandized? I think we are. Totally agree. And, you know, what, what number six is referencing, there's a lot of video footage where they're doing basically the media blitz over there. And as they're driving through, the corpses on the side of the road are sitting up. <laughs> they're being told to lay down. They're shuffling around and moving. And then one, they're in an armored vehicle and they're filming ahead of them and there's a rear view mirror. And as they drive past one of the bodies, the guy literally sits up and stands up. <laughs> so we've questioned the motivations of what's going on in this war many times. Um, you know, it, who were the bad guys? We've talked about it, guys. It, you know, it was a title of one of our episodes. It's really hard to believe anything you see. And at this point, I, I fully agree with you, sir. Um, I genuinely feel as if we live in North Korea and everything that we're privy to is just propaganda and they're just trying to manipulate us into what to believe. Well, and one of the main tools to do that, John Henry, is this. This is from the Daily Caller. Report, Twitter employees are worried that Elon Musk will unleash free speech, possibly paving the way for Trump's return. Now, scrolling down here, this is from Brianna, uh, Brianna Lyman. Uh, some Twitter employees are worried about Tesla CEO Elon Musk's potential influence on the platform's content moderation policies, Reuters reported Thursday, following Musk's purchase of 73.5 million shares. Calls came flooding in on Twitter for Musk to reinstate Trump, who is banned off the social media platform for allegedly inciting violence following the January 6th Capitol riot. Now that Elon Musk is Twitter's largest shareholder, it's time to lift the political censorship. Oh, and bring back Trump. That was a quote from Republican uh, from Colorado. Again, making an appearance here on the show, Repre uh, Representative Lauren Boebert. I'm killing it lately. Get out there. Uh, Congressman Troy Nels also said, bring back Trump. Uh, we got Errol Weber here chiming in too. Uh, time to get the, uh, Trump back there, bring back President Trump. But then... Also, it says here, Republican Indiana Representative Jim Banks said Wednesday that Musk should revise the social media giant's content policy to allow all speech that is legal and accurate. I would agree. But it says, calls for Musk to let Trump and others who have been banned off of the platform back on have sparked fear in some employees, according to Reuters. Oh, if Donald Trump was actually rich, it says, he would have liked to have done the same thing, but he couldn't afford it. So Elon is doing what Trump would have liked to have done, said Guidehouse Insights analyst Sam Abul Samid, who is familiar with Musk's operating style, orders reported. He's familiar with his style. 
And also it says, I wouldn't be surprised if Twitter restores Trump's account now that Elon owns nearly 10% of the company, said according to the outlet. Now, we are on Twitter. Uh, you could find me there at the new prisoner and the number six. However, I've noticed something. Um, I am shadow banned to all hell. Like there is no organic reach on that platform for us at all. And uh, we we have um, we we have some very generous uh, friends and fellow creators out there that have been nice enough to retweet things uh, that we've posted and other things. And I appreciate all of that. Uh, never uh, look that um at, at that in a, in a bad way but it, when it comes down to it though it, it's just it, it's sad because it just doesn't go anywhere like it doesn't hit anybody nobody sees it and i think too the comment sections which is where i like to hang out sometimes too because i can get a feel for what people are saying i can add my own thoughts to things and attract people towards what we do here uh with that but um yeah i'm pretty sure that they hide all those immediately too as soon as i post them so whether it's shit that I'm posting or if I'm commenting on other people's shit, um, I am shadow banned to hell on there. So maybe that'll come back. But also, I want Trump to come back just so he can explain this, John Henry. New from Disclosed TV. Trump says, some people say my greatest achievement was getting the vaccine because the vaccine was said to take three to five years. And most people said it wasn't going to happen. Now, I think, John Henry, going forward into 2024, like after the midterm elections, that this topic, one at least one of these topic, topics about Trump, is, is going to take center stage. Um, the, the topic of his involvement with the shot and how he atones to people like you and I and many of you listening out there, about his involvement in not only the shots, but the lockdowns and other things too early on. Now, I know that he's tried to separate himself somewhat. Um, if you've seen some of his more recent rallies and other things, he has called out the, the aggression from the Biden administration um, and trying to force this on people and others. Um, but he still hasn't really fully came out and condemned Pfizer or Moderna and other things. Now, I don't know ne if necessarily that's the place um, that he wants to put himself because this is about him positioning himself to be president again. And, um, you know, launching that shitstorm may or may not benefit him. And I believe that, I mean, if he's not a moral man, he's at least the man that tries to position himself to be in the best possible position. Um, and I really think it, it's a letdown. It's a letdown right now that there isn't more pushback, that there isn't more opposition uh, to what's been happening in light of all of the more recent revelations about the shots. Now, he does have time, though. Um, I think that our, our political memories in this country in particular, unfortunately, are, are rather short. Um, so he has plenty of time to make that baby face turn where all of a sudden he's the good guy to, to all of us. And if it's just that, if it's just for show, even if it's just for to, to capture uh, the White House again, and to have some sort of institutional power that doesn't want to round us up into camps and murder us and uh, to abuse our children would be quite nice because I, I don't feel that we had that same vibe going with the with the whole uh, Trump presidency for four years there. So uh, and so far we're only like a year and a half into the Biden one, and we have slipped so far, so far from where we were 
uh, under President Trump. So regardless of even how you feel about this topic, which we are very passionate about um, here at The New Prisoners, I still think that um, having that election robbed from us, having the opportunity to have President Trump for another four years um, really put us in such a terrible position that regardless of his position about the shots, um, we still would have been in a better place. But I know that you engage in a lot of the uh, Trump rallies, like you, you, you've been able to watch a lot of those and you've been following up with what, what Trump has been up to since being outside of the Oval Office now, John Henry. So, I mean, what do you think about this? What do you think Trump can do to sort of get back people like you and I that, I mean, would vote for the man again if it made sure that we didn't have Biden as our president, at least. And I know that that's a terrible fucking, you know, type of way to look at, you know, just politics in general to not get the best guy in there, but to get whomever, you know, it, it would be in opposition to you, to, to the people that want to do harm to you. That's a bad place to be. But uh, wh- where do you see this all going in the next few years? If- let's, let's back up for a second mm-hmm. before we get there. And I think what's important is, you know, I'm going to share my personal belief on this. My personal belief is a reason that Trump, he touts rolling out the vaccine and that it was supposed to take three to five years. I really think this whole entire thing is being relayed so that people understand that the deep state, new world order, their goal was for... I want you to think about the most severe days of our lockdowns, okay? Like the worst, when you couldn't leave your house, couldn't go anywhere but a major supermarket. My belief is a reason that Trump pushed so hard and now he brags about it it is not even so much about the vaccine being something that helped people in a literal sense when it comes to actual health, but that him getting the vaccine rolled out prevented us from living in that full catastrophic global shutdown for three to five years. Because when you think about it, if that seven months, six months, five months, a year turned into three and turned into five, how many normal people would still have the ability to even own their home? Right? I mean, when you look at how catastrophic that would have been, anybody that lost their job or had an inability to work or make a living would have lost their home. They would have lost their vehicles. They would have lost everything. So when you talk about being moved into concentration camps, that would have been our existence. We would have all become 100% dependent on government because we wouldn't have the ability to live, to exist as free people. We would all become welfare recipients. I mean, you think about how hard this was for so many people for that period of time, you know, and, and thank God, you know, that, that folks made it through, but you triple quadruple five times, 10 times multiply that period, all small business would have been dead. All small business, all private business, everybody, unless it was something that still had the ability to be profitable in that time. But even if you think about where people spend their money, And with losing their jobs, the inability to spend money at businesses that otherwise seem like they may be sustainable, it would have, I mean, we, we we're dealing with dire consequences of this pandemic right now from an economical standpoint. But when you look at it, to me, 
Trump is reminding everybody that I prevented this from being five years of your life. I stood in front of these fucking demons and stopped them from taking everything you have all the way down to your last freedoms. Not just physical things, homes, cars, right? But literally every ounce of freedom or autonomy you had to exist as a, as a self-sustaining human being. So that's my thoughts. So I don't hold the vaccine stuff against Trump. And as you know, I'm not pro-vaccine. I've shared that with you guys on damn near every episode we've ever done, if not everyone. But to me, this is what he's doing. is He's putting that reminder out there that, hey, you would still be locked in your house and have no means to make a living if Trump didn't get this vaccine out when he did before the administration changed because he knew they were going to steal the election. Everybody, I mean, it's he knew it was going to happen. So that's my thoughts. To me, it's a positive. I don't hold it against them because I don't believe in the vaccine and, and it be having been forced on people now. But I think that what he was doing is taking a preventative measure for something that was so much more dire than what we actually have just went through. And that, folks, is why I asked John Henry that question, because you don't get that perspective with other channels like ours. You really don't. And I really appreciate you offering that to our audience because there's so many people I listen to that do otherwise like an amazing fucking job at criticizing all, all people, including President Trump, uh, over you know decisions that he's made. But when it when you when you pose the 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 sort of uh, situation like that, where he's in a place where he could um, lose the entire game of poker or lose a, another smaller hand and survive to go back and win a larger hand in the future, um, that is a strategy. <laughs> and that is a strategy that people in business do pick up and learn from that sometimes, and, and this, we mentioned combat sports and martial arts before, you also learn that in sports too. Sometimes you're just going to get your fucking ass kicked. Like sometimes you just got to go in there and you know that you're going you to, don't, you don't have any more gas in the tank and you're going to lose this fucking round. But, you know, you go in there and you get your ass beat for three minutes and you kind of take a breather, maybe. And then you come back and try and get them again in the later rounds. You try and get a takedown or something like that in the fifth. So, I mean, there's there's just a lot that could be happening here. And just the, the most unfortunate part of this is, is that the perspective that we're missing and the perspective that we're not getting, we're not getting that type of explanation for these types of policy uh, decisions, John Henry, like you mentioned. Reason why we're not getting that is that we don't have an open dialogue with our former president anymore through media outlets like Twitter or Facebook either. I mean, think about this. Think about the mass. So think about shelves being empty, manufacturing plant, manufacturing plants shutting down. Think about how many people would have died of starvation if that year or six months was five years. Oh, yeah. Starvation. People would have starved to death in the United States yeah, on a massive scale. Obviously, you know, hunger, um, you know, malnutrition, those are all issues that we certainly have. There's no question of that. But I'm talking about the normal nine to five mom and dad that are a lower, lower middle class family right? That have enough on top of their bills to maybe put a little bit of money into their retirement, maybe take a, a five-day vacation every single year. Those families would have lost everything. And when you think of what percentage of families and individuals that live in our country and globally that are there or at even lower means, right? Of what that would have done to them for years of that. There's a lot of people that barely made it out of this. 
you know, and a lot of business owners that didn't make it out of this, you know, I've talked about here in Hawaii, we lost 50% of our restaurants that were family owned half gone, right? Because it was financially devastating. So when you think about the scale that it would have been, if this took five years, five years, I didn't work for seven months, seven months. I didn't work. Thank God I was able to make it through genuinely. Because a lot of people I know ended up in a really bad situation. They couldn't afford to stay in the home that they lived in anymore because they essentially lived month to month or paycheck to paycheck. So five years of that, if that's his preventative measure, then I'm okay with it. And listen, right now you can go, Trump fanboy, oh, you little fucking bitch. You'll kiss Trump's ass no matter what. Blah, 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 blah. Guys, think a big picture. This guy's a strategist. He's a business fucking genius. And he ran the country like it was a business. And he helped it thrive as a business. But if your business gets shut down for five years, what happens to all of your employees? What happens to them? Especially if they don't have the alternative to go somewhere else and get a different job. It is absolutely destructive on a scale that we can't even comprehend. So in my opinion, that's what this means. So you can look at this and I can go, yeah, you know, but the vaccines and I, I, the, the people's health and kids and sure, sure, I, I get all of that. But if that was the way that he had a chance to, to basically put a guarantee in where he knew that that would create enough pressure where if enough people said, well, the vaccines will help, even if it wasn't true, right, then that would be the end game for all of the lockdowns and restrictions. And that's my genuine, I feel that at the bottom of my heart. I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. But, you know, in, in my opinion, that's exactly what he's doing is reminding all of us that if we didn't get this vaccine out when we did, this would have been your life for five years. And keep in mind that I'm the only thing that stopped that from taking place. And something that makes it entirely plausible, what you're talking about there, John Henry, at least in my opinion, too, is that with this safety profile of that vaccine that we're talking about here, with the known safety profile of it, and probably well known to people in the deep state, let's, let's, let's be honest about that, too, long before we, we uh, as common folks, knew about it. Uh, even us of uh, about months, if not years, farther in advance than all of our other predecessors, all of our other peers, uh, when it came to knowing about these things, then um, if they knew that it was that bad, Joe Biden could have withheld this for however long. He would have had a chip to say, hey, we've, we've, we're trying this new experimental platform that President Trump was trying to get past, and uh, it's failing all of our safety standards. So guess what, Jerky? You're locked down for the next three years until we come up with a traditional one that also won't work. (laughs) And here's something to remember. Trump got the vaccinations and the vaccines distributed and produced. Trump never mandated anything. No. So that's another area of separation we have to acknowledge. He never mandated anything. Anything. So there's a big contrast there. Between him getting them approved and distributed versus him mandating that shit. Keep in mind, the one that started implementing all the restrictions and the mandates was Joe fucking Biden, who was the one that said that we're going to make every business with 100 employees or more to have mandatory vaccinations. That was Joe Biden. That was not Donald Trump. 
All he did was push it through for there to be distribution, for there to be a vaccine. A vaccine, not mandatory vaccine. So that's something everybody has to remember, you know, because I I don't, you know, that's why I can see this in a positive light. Because even though I'm, you know, and again, I'm not anti-vax. There's certainly vaccines that have saved millions and millions and millions of people throughout the ages, right? But for this particular drug and this particular cocktail and this particular experiment that they've been doing, Trump did not mandate anything. And that's important to recognize. Yeah. And uh, this from truth11.com, uh, John Henry, it says, latest Pfizer document dump shows that the company had to hire 2,400 new employees to handle the wave of COVID vaccine adverse events. So now the, the guilt, the ire, the visceral uh, that we have uh, for these people um, is, is warranted, I believe. You know, when it, when it comes to pointing the finger at someone, if you're going to point the finger at anyone, I would point the finger at Pfizer because of the manipulation that occurred to have them uh, manipulate the public with this. It says, due to large numbers of spontaneous adverse event reports received for the product, the MAH marketing authorization holder has prioritized the processing of serious cases in order to meet expedited regulatory reporting timelines and ensure these reports are available for signal detection and evaluation activity. The document goes on to reveal that Pfizer did multiple actions to help alleviate the large increase of adverse event reports. This includes significant technology enhancements and process and workflow workflow solutions, as well as increasing the number of data entry and case processing colleagues. To date, Pfizer has onboarded approximately 600 additional full-time employees. More are joining each month. Wow, it's really hard to hire people these days, but Pfizer is just they're adding more each month with an expected total of more than 1,800 additional resources by the end of June 2021. says, company CEO Albert Borla, meanwhile, has condemned anyone who dares to speak up about these revelations. Any person who even suggests that Pfizer's Fauci flu shot is dangerous should be designated as a criminal, Borla insisted. According to him, saying anything negative about the injections constitutes misinformation. This being a common sociopathic trait. I like that. Who wrote this article? This is from Global Research, Ethan Huff. Awesome. But I wanted to bring that up too. Not because, um, you know, we're going to get too in-depth on all these documents. that they're. I'm sure there's going to be plenty more that comes out here. But um, it just says that at the end... They also believe that you're one of those too many people, person added. Another wrote that the government continues to serve up goulash and everyone thinks it's just awesome when nobody knows the long-term effects referring to the injections. Man, the Great Reset is in full string. This is strange sounds for the warned. Get ready. (laughs) It says in the comment section, someone wrote that People should be reminded that the government has repeatedly stated that there are too many people on the planet. That's where that uh, they also believe that you're one of those too many people. I am. All right. So let's move on. Speaking of there being too many people, we could probably lose a few. I don't know. Rolling Stone. Here, here's, our, here's our collective awe for the week. It's that Pelosi, Garland, Schiff 
and others have tested positive for COVID-19, and it's running amok in Washington, D.C. Oh. Says <laughs> Several prominent lawmakers and officials have tested positive for the disease after a swanky Saturday night dinner at the Gridiron Club. And man, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Thursday joined a long list of high-profile figures in Washington, D.C., who have contracted COVID-19 in the past few days. Now, after testing negative this week, Speaker Pelosi received a positive test result for COVID-19 and is currently asymptomatic. Drew Hamill, Pelosi's Deputy Chief of Staff, wrote on Twitter, like we were just talking about Twitter, he's allowed to write on Twitter that the Speaker is fully vaccinated and boosted and is thankful for the robust protection. The robust protection. The vaccine has provided. Pelosi is the highest ranking government official to test positive since former President Donald Trump did so in October of 2020. I remember that one. And Pelosi's positive test comes during a stretch in which several Democratic lawmakers and prominent officials have contracted the disease. It's looking like Saturday night's swanky gridiron club dinner could have been a super spreader event. And then since then, eight Democratic members of Congress have tested positive including representatives Adam Schiff, Joaquin Castro, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Catherine Clark, Scott Peters, Gregory Meeks, and Derek Kilmer. Schiff and Castro both attended the dinner, as did Attorney General Merrick Garland, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, Kamala Harris Communications Director Jamal Simmons and President Joe Biden's sister, Valerie Biden-Owens. They have all since tested positive. The dinner featured around 630 guests in total. Dr. Anthony Fauci, Centers for Disease Control Director Rochelle Walensky, and New York City Mayor Eric Adams and several senators were also in attendance although they have not tested positive. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser did not attend the dinner, but but announced on Thursday that she too has tested positive as well. (laughs) She says, friends, yesterday I tested positive for COVID. She tweeted again, after experiencing allergy symptoms this week, I took an at-home test yesterday and a PCR test confirmed the positive result. Now, we all know about those tests, though. But just could you imagine, John Henry, when we first started this shit show like two years ago with, with COVID, imagine if this was a headline in Rolling Stone two years ago. Like, the world would be on fire. Like, people would be losing their... People would think that the U.S. government was about to collapse and we were about to be a third world nation or some shit. Because, like, now... That COVID is the BA2 or the Omnicon or whatever the fuck that they're rolling out next out of the, out of the Easy Bake Oven or Creepy Crawler Machine, whichever you prefer. Um, some people prefer both. But uh, Pelosi, Garland, and Schiff and others all testing positive for COVID-19. Nobody gives a fuck nowadays. Nobody gives a fuck. They don't. They're like, oh, they, they get it. They know that they're going to be sick for a couple of days. Everyone knows because everyone knows the truth now that these folks will have access to ivermectin, that they will have access to hydroxychloroquine and every other available monoclonal antibody and whatever else that they could fucking come up with to, to treat this long before we will ever have access to it, if ever have access to it. And I will go on record to say this. 
the only ivermectin, the only horse paste that Nancy Pelosi should ever get should come out of the tip of a horse cock. That's the only way that she should actually get it. The horse ingests it and she sucks it out of the horse's cock. That's the, if that's the only way you live, bitch. That's the only way you live. <laughs> that's the, I mean, really? I mean, after, after all that she's done to keep medicine out <laughs> of the hands of people that need it. <laughs> I'm glad I had my, my microphone <laughs> muted for that. But I'll just say, I concur. Yes, yes. that's the only way. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I just, um, I mentioned this to you earlier, but I'm going to go ahead and say it on the show. Um, I, I believe this is some type of calm. Right. Because obviously at this point, these guys can't communicate as freely as they used to. Um, I think it's just them letting each other know that, hey, I'm, I'm not incarcerated. Hey, they didn't get to me yet or they talked to me and I didn't say anything. Something because, you know, you have Hillary, you have all these guys, you have Jen Psaki's had it twice and they all have the same narrative. They all say the same thing. Hey, I tested positive. Um Thank goodness I'm vaccinated. I had mild symptoms. Uh, get vaccinated, get boosted, right? So it's 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 not a PR campaign anymore no. because that shit people were over that shit. So I genuinely think this is some excuse me some type of um just uh guzzle down a sparkling water, yeah. guys. I don't recommend that. And if you can do it without burping, you are an unbelievably impressive human being. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is some type of calm. This is some way for them to communicate with each other on a big public scale to just say, I'm okay, right? Or, or uh, they didn't get me yet. Um, you know, Saki had it twice, the whole bullshit, especially with Hillary. Look at the specific people doing that. And then you look at Pelosi. Pelosi kissed Biden. Oh. And whenever Jen Saki was asked, you know, hey, that's close proximity. You know, she literally was there and kissed him, right? And then immediately tested positive. And she goes, well, no, based, uh, you know, based on the CDC guidelines, it would be within, you know, six feet or 10 feet or five feet for 15 minutes. Right. It, guys, it's all horseshit. Yeah. All of it, every bit of it. So I don't believe that Nancy Pelosi tested positive or Garland or Schiff uh, or Hillary or Jen Psaki twice or who, who's the other uh, press uh, press secretary, the the. The backup press secretary. Uh, I know who you're talking about. The name is Because that person had a two, yes. right? So Jen Psaki and the number two had it, and they threw a number three in there. Yep. Um, so I just think it's all bullshit, guys, honestly. And I don't even think it's just PR. I genuinely think this is some type of calm for them to communicate with each other and say, hey, they didn't get me yet. But I just wanted to give a, another um, fuck you to Mitt Romney, because in the article here, it reminds us that uh, $22.5 billion dollars uh, from Congress at, uh, to address the COVID to help prepare for future pandemics. Senator Mitt Romney led a group of 35 GOP senators that wrote a letter to the White House asking it to account for the funds that had previously been allocated for pandemic relief. And the administration responded that it had already spent the money on vaccines, treatments, tests, and masks. <laughs> yeah, so fuck Mitt Romney, you piece of shit. And um, when I was having a little bit of a meltdown about old Mitt earlier, um, when we opened up the show, you know, with him voting for Katanji Brown, right, I, I just want to clarify something. And you may know what, what it was. She was a candidate for another position. Mm. 
a couple years ago. And Mitt Romney actually voted against her getting that position. Yeah, she was a, a federal because of judge. Her background. Yeah, she was going for a federal judgeship. I yeah, believe. so so he voted against her for a federal judge because she's a fucking pedo lover. But now all of a sudden, it's a big round of applause, and he's very excited to vote her in. I mean, it, that guy is just—it's unbelievable. Like calling him a rhino is—it's just bull. It's not even—it doesn't even come close to doing justice of how fucking horrible that person With is. All these connected people. Uh, and keep in mind, yeah. Romney's kids also have a fucking hand in the Ukrainian energy sector. So we all know he's a fucking traitor, scumbag, treasonous piece of shit. Fuck you, Mitt Romney. Yes. But, and fuck you, Dan Crenshaw. Oh, absolutely, too. And, but all these connected people, John Henry, all getting these things where they get to disappear from public eye for a couple of days. Wow, that would really give like somebody like an intelligence agency plenty of time to debrief all these people about something that's going to be going on in the next you know, couple weeks, months, and or years. Now you sound like a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying, if you have the opportunity. Um, so the rolling up. I read a meme. It said something about, um, you know, it's not a conspiracy theorist. It's somebody, somebody that can recognize patterns. Yes. Yeah. And I believe what you just referred to is a pattern. So it is a pattern. Imagine that. And speaking of patterns, patterns of lies, lies by omission, uh, outright lies, damn lies. Fauci. Herd immunity is most likely unattainable. Now we're finally at the point where we're going, well, I guess all these things that we've all the things that we've been chasing uh, for the past several years have been just a figment of our imagination. Dr. Anthony Fauci let it slip that humanity will probably never experience herd immunity to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. In the age of mass vaccination, with the rulers demanding the fifth shot now. That's right, number five. You would think. Herd immunity is inevitable if the mRNA gene therapy shots actually work. <laughs> this is a great article. This is from the shit hits the fan plan.com. I like it from Max Slabo. Now, it says here in the article, according to a new article written by Dr. Anthony Fauci, President Joe Biden's, and they have crossed out chief medical advisor and, and put in head medical tyrant. I really like this article. The director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, the rulers finally have determined that we should be living with the virus instead of worrying about herd immunity. And this goes right along with the talking points released from all the fucking think tanks uh, that sent out those press releases to all the Democrats that are running for the midterms elections, that this is their new talking point. This is their new platform of living with the virus. Yes. And two NIAID officials also helped Fauci publish the article on Thursday in the Journal of Infectious Diseases. He's now admitting that because viruses mutate, that the vaccines, even if they did work, will not do much good. It's almost like all of us that kind of knew about flu shots and shit like two years ago when this all started, that when, when we said that, that like, yeah, how are they going to come up with some, some kind of solution to this through that those means? And, and people are like, oh, yeah, it's just magic. It'll just work. Okay. Um, herd immunity is the idea. Uh, and this is from Market Watch. Herd immunity is the idea that a virus is no longer considered a major public health threat once a certain percentage of the population is immune as a result of natural infection or vaccination. But the evolving nature of SARS-CoV-2 and waning immunity from the COVID-19 vaccines or natural infection all complicate the ability to hit any type of immunity threshold that would definitively signal an end to the pandemic. So yes, 
even though that they were taking away that blue chip of being able to lock us down for three to five years or more, like you mentioned, John Henry, because they do have an agenda 2030. Lord knows how long we would have been locked down. But um, even now, they're still not giving fully up on the plan because to make sure that you keep getting injected with the vaccine that won't give you any immunity against the virus, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved a fifth COVID-19 uh, booster shot of Pfizer-BioNTech or the Moderna for people aged over 50 and some immunocompromised individuals. Now, also I wanted to point out, speaking of the vaccines, and when we talk about corporatism and we talk about a global corporate uh, corporatist oligarchy here at the New Prisoners, this from LifeSite News, hundreds of Canadian companies funded This Is Our Shot ads campaign, which was promoting the COVID vaccines. Turns out, some pretty big companies here. YouTube, who kicked us off for reporting science. McDonald's, who feeds your children poison and gives them diabetes at the age of like eight nowadays. Amazon, who fucking destroyed retail after Walmart also helped destroy retail. And they're all Globus cocksuckers too. We're among these major donors, according to this is our shot website. There it is. So now it says the Canadian COVID jab propaganda campaign called this is our shot was funded by hundreds of businesses, including mainstream media companies, governments. Oh, great. Fast food chains, health authorities, big banks, and pharmaceutical companies. According to the This Is Our Shot website, the movement was created last year to rally Canadians to encourage each other to replace vaccine hesitancy with confidence so that we can end the pandemic together. You know, with that herd immunity that we're never going to reach. The site lists approximately 279 donors, including big name companies such as YouTube, McDonald's, Amazon, Walmart, and Canadian media giants Post Media, Quebecor, Rogers, Shaw and TELUS. It also includes many Canadian health authorities, such as Alberta Health Services. However, the site, which has not been updated since August of 2021, makes no mention of adverse reaction reports associated with the COVID-19 jabs, or does it provide any safety data? Of course not, because, well, what the fuck would an informed consent do? Instead, This Is Our Shot website claims that the information listed was compiled by medical professionals, and public health experts using Canadian government and other scientific and medical sources. The site claims that in the making of the rushed COVID jabs, no steps were skipped and all safety procedures were followed. The site also links myth-busting videos that purport the effectiveness and safety of the COVID jabs. So, let's go on to uh, what's going on in China. This is from the American Military News. A video. Chinese drone warns residents to control your soul's desire for freedom amid COVID lockdown. This isn't an old article, folks. This is from April 6, 2022. That's right. There's lockdowns going on still. And In China, in Shanghai, China, of all places. 
Now, a drone apparently equipped with a loudspeaker was deployed on Shanghai, China to warn the city of 26 million people. 26 million people locked down, folks. What a fucking nightmare that must be. To control your soul's desire for freedom. After residents took to their balconies to sing in protest of new lockdown measures in place. Alice Su, senior China correspondent for The Economist, tweeted video of the drone and a translation of the disturbing Chinese message. As seen on Weibo, Shanghai residents go to their balconies to sing and protest lack of supplies, which means that, yes, people are being starved to death, just like you mentioned, John Henry. A drone appears. Please comply with COVID restrictions. Control your soul's desire for freedom. Do not open the window or sing. That sounds great. That sounds like a wonderful future. I wonder if that's coming back here, folks. Remember how we're having those midterm elections this fall? Remember how they're saying that there's going to be a new wave? There's going to be another shot? Well, if the shots cause the outbreaks, or if the shots wreck your immune system so you get sick, you know, like all the things we've been talking about for the past couple months here on the show, um, or they release a brand new strain, because Lord knows they can do that, it could happen again. And to put a point to this, that city officials in Shanghai have called the COVID-19 outbreak extremely grim, despite confining millions of residents to their homes. And that's reported by the Associated Press. But Gu Honghui, director of the city's working group on epidemic control, said that the situation is extremely grim and the virus is still running at a high level. Well, there's been a recorded 13,354 new cases as of Monday, with the vast majority being asymptomatic. The total number of cases in the new wave topped 73,000 since last month. Here's the kicker. No one has died. No one. Not a single fucking person has died as a result of the latest outbreak. So what's the point of the lockdown if it isn't to cause harm? If you're not preventing the loss of life here, folks, what is the point? Well, here's the point that I think it might be. And this is to borrow from the name of the city in which this is happening. To Shanghai somebody. The number one definition is to kidnap a man for compulsory service aboard a ship, especially after drugging him. That kind of ties into the second one that I'm really leaning towards, explains a lot of this. To induce or compel someone to do something, especially by fraud or force. And an example is, we were shanghaied into buying worthless securities. We are being shanghaied into doing worthless activities, like locking ourselves down, like wearing masks, like taking shots that don't fucking work. All to benefit these types of people. Now, not Russell Brand there, pictured on the left, but the people on the right. What the fuck have we done by allowing our government to militarize our police in this way to come after us with our own money and money that was supposed to be directed towards, well, all kinds of shit. Despite calls to fund, it says, life-sustaining food and housing programs 
President Biden has encouraged more spending on police tech. Almost as if he's expecting people to get angry about something. I wonder why all these people were disappearing and being maybe debriefed for a couple of days, John Henry, right? And it goes on to reference this article here about people, uh, police are buying drones and armored vehicles with COVID relief funds. Yes. With COVID relief funds. They're building a prison for us. Isn't that nice? And if you don't think that they aren't, well, ask Eric Adams. Because if you try and tell Eric Adams that you don't want your kid to wear a fucking mask, well, he's going to get you fired from your job. Because why not? It says here from the Daily Mail, Eric Adams fires New York City city lawyer mom on maternity leave for asking why he's forcing under fives to wear masks. She hits back saying, Je ne regrette rien, and says the fight continues. Daniel Jumpel uh, confronting Eric Adams at a press conference intended to take aim at Florida's so-called don't say gay bill on Monday. Oh, would you look at that? Eric Adams out there in uh, opposition to uh, people trying to prevent child grooming. Jumpel, an attorney uh, for New York City's uh, law department, has since been fired. She worked at the department since 2016. She sneaked in and began berating Adams with the mayor warning his staff to let her finish her question. She answered it by saying the uptick in COVID-19 cases from around 1,600 a day, or I'm sorry, Eric Adams answered it by saying the uptick in COVID cases from around 1,600 a day a month ago to 16, uh, I'm sorry, 3,600 a day now was behind the delay. And last month, Adams said he'd finally lift the mandate for under fives from as of April 4th but announced the delay on April 1st. April Fool's Day of all days. What a motherfucker. Children aged under five aren't eligible for COVID vaccines, but just 363 have died of COVID in the U.S., and that's probably an inflated number, in the U.S. since the virus arrived here two years ago. So yes, the same exact excuse that they use in Shanghai, China, to lock down their people is the same excuse Excuse, Eric Adams uses and keeping your children masked. So I just wanted to end on some positive notes. April 10th in Vancouver, BC, this is from Freedom Rising, that Vancouver, British Columbia, that Bill Gates is going to be there and they're going to have a Bill Gates super protest. And I fucking love it. It says, where TED Talks. Vancouver Trade and Convention Center. Why? Bill Gates will be a keynote speaker. <laughs> Who? All Canadians and all groups called to action. Book your accommodations now. It is time again for Canada to show up. Book your accommodation. Head to Vancouver and take a stand. The date? April 10th. The time? 12 to 4. Location? Vancouver Trade and Convention Center. And Odessa Orlowitz's interviews a longtime human rights activist Marcella and James about their thoughts on Bill Gates being in Vancouver and why it is so important that all Canadians show up to the protests. And you can watch that here and you can watch that video on the source list. But I like how they have this uh, John Henry, Chris Skye and the people of BC versus Bill, the marshmallow Gates. <laughs> you gotta, gotta have some laughs at this, right? 
Oh, I love our Canadian brethren. Yes. And look at all these other organizations here joining together, too. I love to see that kind of shit. You know, all, all these people are standing up uh, for their rights in Canada, and that's a beautiful thing to see. Um, so I just wanted to, um, before I turn it over to you for, for some final thoughts, too, uh, John Henry, is that um, I also wanted to give uh, a, a shout out to our friend Guard Goldsmith for doing an excellent takedown of Elizabeth Warren's uh, social justice bullshit when it comes to student loans. Uh, so he does an excellent job in uh, making sure that people understand that when you, when you have people declare that they're going to give you money and then they don't, that there's like a response. There's like a consequence for that, John Henry, that the money just doesn't like that was supposed to be there just doesn't fucking disappear into the ether. It's not like the, the debt that's owed to somebody just goes away. It actually goes somewhere. And we've been dealing with this modern monetary theory bullshit for the past couple of years. And even more so now that Biden is in power um, through selection, of course, but still, like we, we have to deal with these people trying to tell us that it's okay that we just give out billions of dollars for COVID relief funds that go to drones that will hunt us down and murder us, maybe, or even devour us on the streets because they have carnivore drones now, too. Don't believe it? Look it up. It's really fucked up. Uh, but just wait until they can uh, have androids jump out of CRISPR or whatever else they could fucking do with our own money that we'll not stand up and say no to and even have our Republicans that were supposed to be our representatives that we fucking vote for or even libertarians agree with it. Um, we need to understand that the modern monetary theory and all this other gobbledygook, all this CRT and all this trans kids bullshit is exactly that. It's bullshit. You have to call them out on their bullshit. Show them where their logic fails. Show them where the program doesn't work, that it falls apart, that the building cannot stand based on the structure of their logic. And we try and do so every day um, on here at The New Prisoners and every week when we release new episodes. So we expect you back here next Tuesday for another edition of this. But uh, to kind of close things out, let's go back to you, John Henry, and, and give us your final thoughts on this week's episode. And then I'll, I'll give mine. Well, I think, um, you know, what you just shared really hits a nail on the head. Folks, we are funding our own dehumanization. That's what we're doing. Um, start to be really conscious of where you spend your money, what organizations you support, right? Uh, I mean, because as we look at, you know, that list of organizations um, that are supportive of the, the freedom protests and the anti-Bill Gates protests in Canada, you know, there's so many more that are funding all the wrong things. Um, you know, as an example, <clears throat> seventh generation, uh, they make, you know, household goods, um, you know, pretty green stuff. I try to keep a pretty chemical free home. Um, well, the owner of that organization is a fucking monster. Funds, terrible things, anti-police, uh, pro-abortion. Uh, that same organization also owns Method and Mrs. Myers. And it's amazing because, you know, I was reading an article on this guy and we stopped using seventh generation stuff quite a while ago, like laundry detergent. And, um, you know, I came home and, and said to my wife, um, so the method dish soap and uh, laundry detergent we have, uh, she goes, yeah, I go throw it in the garbage. Huh? Yeah. And then also the Miss Myers hand soap we use. Yep. Also garbage. Really? And I sent her the article and she's like, my goodness, I had no idea. So Spend some time paying attention to who you're funding and what you're funding. 
because if you're here listening to us, we have a pretty common thread of beliefs here. Um, let's just be careful with that. And to my last point, when you're referencing these wonderful, amazing, freedom-loving, beautiful people in Canada, stand up for your rights. Guys, I go back to what I said earlier. When it comes to the children, stand up for your rights. When it comes to your freedom, stand up for your rights. When it comes to your, your medical autonomy, stand up for your rights. Stand up. Don't expect somebody else to do it for you. So I'm going to go back to something I've said to you guys a long time ago. There's three types of people. People that make shit happen. People that watch shit happen. And people that wonder what the fuck happened. Well, guys, when we fall into that last category of we wonder what the fuck happened, it is too late to make shit happen. Stand together. Stay strong. Fight for your kids. Fight for each other. I love you, glorious bastards. We'll talk to you next week. Back to you, sir. Awesome. And I wanted to uh, just end with this. We just talked about this subject, but uh, talk about what that drone was telling those people locked up in Shanghai. Do not control your soul's desire for freedom until we meet again and until we are free. We are the new prisoners. Thank you for listening to The New Prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topics on our Minds page and Substack, or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brideon. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us, or speak freely with us on Gab. Please feel free to share your own sources with us, And remember to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it could make. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email thenewprisonernumber6 at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. And you can also donate to The New Prisoners through anchor.fm slash thenewprisonernumber6 slash support. There, you can make a monthly donation of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99. We also have a Subscribe Star, where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the-new-prisoners. Or you could donate U.S. dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated. Demand answers, not orders. We are the new prisoners.